two, three and two to four. Average Joe and Joe Boo on your radio. Ready, make a podcast, so turn it up. Cause you know we about to mix it up. With music, sports, games, and more. On the podcast, things you think you don't care about. Ain't nothing but a Joe thing, baby. Two guys with mics getting crazy. We picking up material daily. So don't miss an episode. We go one, we go all. Yes, sir, we do. Where we go one, we go all. You know, that is even better than the Musketeers. One for all and all for one. Yeah, sure it is. It's pretty awesome. That's right. You know, the world is filled with concern, but also hypocrisy. Hypocrisy on the part of people who see no evil, speak no evil, to avoid becoming involved. We gotta make sure we're not guilty of that, brother. We really do. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Season four, episode thirteen, guys. Today we're talking about hypocrisy. Yes, we are. So I love what you said. Where we go, one where we go, all. You know, when I was looking at the the quote from uh, Dr. King, and justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught. In an inescapable network of mutuality. I said that really wrong, but it's okay. Follow with me here. If if you say it wrong, I just want you to make sure you keep it clean. That's completely fair. And also, I need you to know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media. I am the Average Joe Boo. I'm the Average Joe. Man, some people that aren't on the production side of stuff just don't understand. Confused as always. Good gracious. Almost like hand signals mean something every now and then, you know? Well, that's that's completely fair. Wait. Hold for it. Let it develop. Let it marinate. Let let it stir. And then continue. Okay, I got you. You know, there's some things where we've developed for four, three and a half seasons an intro. Not only to the episode, but then to the actual discussion. There's like a like a dual purpose intro. Yeah, I know. I was going. I was. That's what I was doing. Yeah, I don't think it was. It really was. You didn't let me finish. You cut me off. You're right. Maybe think we were having technical difficulties. Well, I we were. So can I can I finish my thought process here? I hope here? you do, please. So just to illustrate my point. Yeah. So as I was my saying, my top lip's already sweating. I'm. I, I'm, I know. I'm getting there well, already. That's, that's fair. Anywho. So, as I was trying to say, ending the quote, tied in a single garment of destiny, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. So, I couldn't help but see mm. a parallel yeah. between where we go one, we go all. Yeah. And the last part of that quote, whatever affects one directly affects all of us indirectly. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. So, that's all I was doing is just trying to tie that bow Oh, were you? Around some of the stuff we were saying during the intro. You wow. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes the bow is tied after the the conversational intro. That's fair. It's okay. It is what it is, Joe. You didn't know. I mean, potatoes, potatoes. You didn't know. It's okay. 
It happens. It it does from time to time. Joe, okay, so, dude, after the last episode, and maybe even a little bit before that last episode, we've gotten ourselves involved into this informational warfare. Yes, we have. (laughs) I mean, the only way that this can be this can be uh, described, okay? There's a silent war raging right now, and the battlefield is your mind. Informational Information warfare is the manipulation of information trusted by a target without the target's awareness so that the target will make decisions against their interests, but in the interest of the one conducting information warfare. The centerpiece of the deep state's information warfare strategy is control of the mainstream media. The deep state uses the mainstream media and even Hollywood to promote their version of the truth, which is suited to meet their needs and not yours. The truth bending by the mainstream media is what we call a narrative, and the narrative is repeated over and over on their vast media network to influence and shape your thoughts on a particular topic. In order to beat the deep state at information warfare, you require knowledge and truth, which is why Q and the Great Awakening is such a dire threat to them. When you are awake, you can see clearly through the deceptive narratives of the mainstream media, the deep state, and their controllers. Informational warfare. It really is. Everything I see on, on, I'm looking at everything totally differently now whenever I watch a movie. Yep. Uh, When I saw the when I saw the Waco documentary, oh man! So I saw different that, lens. I saw that Waco documentary uh, when it originally came out, like two years ago or whatever, on AMC. And I was one of those week by week. When's it coming on? I'm tuning in. I'm checking it out. I'm watching it because I remember visiting the the grounds at oh, Mount wow. Carmel with my parents on on kind of a drive by basis. My dad was like, "I want to go see where this was," you know. And so I was really young, and and, uh, and so I remember being in the car when Dad was talking about it. I had no idea who David Kresh was or, or what the whole Mount Carmel thing really was all about. And then, but because I remembered that, and I remember how significant of an event it was, like on news and stuff, um, that, you know, just everybody was talking about it. So I watched it, and I was curious. And you know what? Whenever I watched it, it made me completely reshape everything that I was told about it back whenever I was a preteen or whenever it happened, right? Uh, well, fast forward uh, two weeks after I watched the final episode, uh, I talked to my former head soccer coach, and he was a, he was in, uh, what, what do we want to say? He was a law enforcement officer in Waco at the time of all this. Really? Yes, and so he had some information from the law enforcement side that was not fully displayed in that video. So that video or th- those videos or whatever were completely uh, written through a lens of, uh, of what's the word, um, compassionate um, people on the side of David right. Koresh. Um so it well, and in two veins, it was written based on two books, two firsthand accounts: the uh, the book written by the negotiator, mm-hmm. and the book written by uh, uh, the young guy that uh, buried the girl's dad out right. front. 
uh, that those two books. So one was from inside who was, he was a compassionate follower of, of, of all this stuff going on. And then the, uh, the negotiator was, had developed compassion for the people inside. Right. And so he was trying to put a scope on what was happening from his bosses and the people controlling the uh, siege of Mount Carmel, as well as what he remembered talking about from the people inside, right? And all the interactions that he had. And so all that stuff. And, and I went to, I went to him and said, man, this is crazy. There's, there was some stuff that this actually kind of looked like it was like it was wrong. Right. You know? And he was like, well, they were, they were really doing stuff that was, that was highly illegal. And, um, and there was a whole lot of, of things that they violated that caused us to be on red alert in order to go in there or potentially have to go in there at some point in time. And then, of course, the uh, what was it, the DEA or um, whatever? ATF. ATF was, was taking uh, things into their own hands. So, you know, local police didn't really have a leg to stand on outside of support, right? Anyways, um, but he was telling me some things that the reports that he was getting that were violations of law and stuff that were that were pretty big time and uh, and but none of those were really were really demonstrated there the one where the the box of grenades or whatever fell out mm. of the truck and like red flagged people like that was it like that was really the only major violation was potential arms dealings uh there or whatever really really not anything else major demonstrated in that in that thing the rest of it was about him teaching and leading the people in there and trying to i don't know get them to follow whatever version of god that they were pushing and then the uh the atf trying to force them out that's basically what happened in the in the in the documentary basically i'm i I didn't i spared a lot of the a lot of big details but but my point is is that i looked at that and i'm like there there was agendas in there after I heard information from someone who was nearby at the time. There was information, there was agendas, there was everything pushed in that documentary or whatever that just blew my mind that they're just trying to force this out. They're trying to get everybody on board. <clears throat> what I appreciated about the documentary, though, it, it told a different story that I don't remember being told in the beginning. Yeah, they but were, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like David Koresh, all them horrible people, raping children. Horrible I didn't hear people. raping children, but... Well, I mean, okay, statutory, excuse me. You can't really wed a 12-year-old. Okay. You know, uh, but... The state uh, of Texas, you can wed a 14-year-old if there's consent, if there's parental consent. Average Joe's media full of fun facts. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, that was in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I'm just saying. It was, I thought it was funny. Yeah, one of the radio personalities mentioned that during a broadcast about the siege. Right. Part of the reason why they had to marry off the, the two young ones. Yeah. But anywho, um, but I, what I think it did a good job, though, of painting a picture of is regard like it's not a crime punishable by death to be stupid or to or to follow somebody. That's fair. To be brainwashed. That's fair. You know what I mean? If, if we speaking of being brainwashed. <laughs> I was going to say there before we segue is is that if we were to hold all followers of false prophets and false leaders accountable, we wouldn't have very many people left in this world. It's true. And so there were women, 
men and children who had done no wrong other than fall for someone else's spell, if you will. Sure. That lost their lives because of the government (laughs) overstepping. Yeah. And not going about things like the use of some of their techniques was illegal. Yeah. The way the way that they suppressed information, the way that they spun information, the whole way it was handled by the Clinton administration afterwards. Spinning information? Information warfare. It really is. That was a small battle. That was the Mount Carmel battle of information warfare. But you know what I found really interesting? No, I don't. Is that, uh, you know, this warfare for us, as we're, this is my second go around trying to address it, right? Sure. I'd kind of tried to go back asleep from being woke, you know, in the early 2000s. Okay. And uh, I was, you know, shout out, I'm going to create some controversy here. Shout out to Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. If you haven't had a chance, you haven't ever read it, but uh, 2006, he came out with a book called Culture Warrior. I'd uh, I'd read it then, forgotten so much since then. The twins were twins were one. You know what I mean? So yep. I quickly uh, ran out of information. But in there, he shared a quote. I was I was looking through the book the uh, past couple of days because I thought, man, all this stuff we're talking about really. Remi- I'm reminded of some of the things that he predicted. Uh-huh. He even predicted what the country would look like by 2020, which we'll maybe get into a little bit later. But he had a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. There are, in body politic, economic and social many and grave evils, and there is urgent necessity for the sternest war upon them. So old Teddy, the one-two checker, pop culture reference that you love to oh, some yeah. 90s uh, hip-hop R&B songs. But uh, anywho, yeah, but Teddy was ready to rumble. He caught it like he saw it back then. You know what I mean? Straight from the hip. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Well, so, first thing. First thing. First thing. You know what that sounded like? It sounded like thunder. Was it like was it the church bells ringing to let everybody know? Uh, I was going to say it sounded a lot like thunder, you know? Storms are coming. Storm is coming. Storm is coming. Storm is Anywho, but what were you going to say? Okay, so COVID-19. Joe. COVID. What are your... Th- now that we've delved into the potential of the deep state and the misinformation and all that stuff, and we did that after we had this end of our discussion... When we were on with uh, when we were on with Jeff a couple episodes ago, yep. the last bit of that conversation was about how dangerous this virus actually is. Before we started looking into conspiracy theories for that next episode, before we started right. looking into anything else, what are your thoughts now, Joe? I think I continue to grow in my anger and frustration. What does that even mean? I'm, I'm going to need some context. You need some context. Are you are you growing in your anger towards me because of me calling you out on using statistics and having reasoning and all this other stuff by the oh, governor? Oh no, no, I don't. Because I think it, it's clear. That I don't regardless hold it of against statistic, you. 
regardless of statistics, it doesn't matter what numbers people have, they're going to make decisions in their own interests. That's completely fair, and I don't hold it against you for not hearing what I was saying. Oh, I heard everything um, you said, and, and, and I think I even repeated it verbatim after well, I went ahead and interpreted it because it's exactly what you meant. No, it is. but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, listen. It's okay. I, information warfare right Information now, warfare, hypocrisy. Go, ladies and we, we gentlemen, got some go stuff back to talk and about. check. Our our episode eleven at the end last twenty five like minutes. We're going to get into miracle versus man, miracle uh, versus mayonnaise. Again. Yeah, that's because they're the same. They're really not. It's okay. It's just like Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Buttersworth. Same thing. Not really. Same. Well, thing. here's the deal. Skittle. Now, what would you say? Uh, sweet tarts. Sweet tarts. And Smarties. And Smarties. They're not same the same thing. thing. Same. Couldn't thing. be anywhere different same from each other. But anyways, to so give you the context that you like, okay. I'm frustrated, okay? What are you it, frustrated with, Joe? I'm, I'm Tell us what you're frustrated I'm frustrated with, with how um, this whole thing has gone down. You got a lot of fear, uh-huh. and you got a lot of panic, and a lot of disruption into a lot of people's lives. You have a lot of people who are dying uh-huh. that may or may not be because of COVID-19, uh-huh. but you're, you're denying people the right to be there with their loved ones while they're in the hospital. You're denying people the right to properly mourn and put their loved ones to rest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to say goodbye. The last fleet, I, I think back to my, my grandfather passed uh-huh. in the hospital. We were there for like, like over a week in ICU. Selfie game strong. I like it. That's right. Um, I never, oh my gosh. Uh, but the idea of all that interaction took had to take place. If I, you, you couldn't have held his hand one last time, you couldn't have been there to pray over him. You had to do that via Skype. Or you had to do that uh, over a conference call? Unbelievable. I mean, I had enough anxiety trying to coordinate with Kelly when you wouldn't pick up after recovery knowing what was going on because nobody could go up there and see you after your thing. You know what I mean? It's fair. And that was a fairly routine you know, uh, a surgery that was not expected to have any extensive complications. We knew you were fine. Yeah. But Did it was, you? Well, Did I mean, you? Could you really? I mean. Seriously? Yeah, I okay, knew you were fine. Good. I had faith. Oh, um, hey, how do you feel about Jesus? Mondays, starting again next week. <laughs> um, anywho, I'm putting one out tomorrow. Okay, good deal. But good deal. you don't know about it, and I'm not going to let you know about it until you watch it. It's a surprise. Ooh, it's a surprise. Intriguing. Yeah. Oh yay! Yeah, I'm excited. Good. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm really upset. It was happening to people. You have so many folks um, that are being affected by this both directly and indirectly, regardless of whether or not the virus exists and whether or not the virus is what people say it is. When so a that's goat my, and that's a papaya my... both test positive for COVID-19, a single goat and a single... What, what is the odds? What are the odds of a goat and a papaya randomly selected had to be randomly selected. There could have been zero uh, manipulation in the selection process. How do they both test positive? Well, see, what I think is going to happen is is we're going to start getting more truth because I, I want to believe, like my family practitioner, yeah, uh, his nurse practitioner, you know, these medical officials here locally that we that we love and that we appreciate, nurses and other folks we might know in our personal lives, yeah. I believe a lot of the truth is going to start coming out. I don't blame them. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory all the way down to that level. What I think happened is, is something started going down, and a call to arms 
was made, right? Okay. The alarm bell went off. So whether it be a um, shooter drill at a school yeah. or in an office space, <clears throat> whether it be the sirens go off, the tornado's coming. <clears throat> we saw what happened <clears throat> in Garland. So if uh, that goes off, we're going to go shelter, mm. right? Mm. In the moment, <clears throat> we're going to react and, and we're going to take action. Yeah, sure. Following this cue and we're trusting what's happening because we want to err on the side of caution. So I believe that's what medical professionals and people all over the country, even the world, have been doing. They were they were listening. Okay, there's a new threat. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to handle it. But now, as more time has gone on, certain things aren't adding up. That's true. You know what I mean? We virtually depended upon a test that didn't even look for the virus. It was looking for, like, a biological matter. Okay. Which every biological organism generally has well i watched something that basically explained it the inventor of the test the te- the type of test they're using was invented like 30 40 years ago and that person has said like why in the world would you ever use it for this it's not it's not accurate and so you're hearing that like reliable if there's such a thing sources saying 60 percent you know um reliability rate yeah so you're constantly being yo-yoed with that you're being yo-yoed with mask you're being yo-yoed with social distancing Yo-yoed with, okay, it's the elderly. Well, no, it's it's elderly and people with underlying health conditions. Oh, wait a second. It's the kids. And once people got accustomed to the allergy symptoms, now it's if you get, like, your toes turn a certain color. They're called COVID toes. There's a new symptom. Yeah. Every single day. That, well, there's, okay, there's a new symptom. There's a new group of people who are who test positive but are completely asymptomatic. All in the same place. I mean, how is that even possible? Well, the the number, the other thing I'm trying to keep in perspective with all this is, is that if you were to look at the total like number of people on average, yeah, every single day that might pass from this world, every single week, every single month, every single year. Okay, I appreciate you breaking that down. Keep you know going. what I mean? We don't like right now. Our reality is shaped. By what we see in media, right? Of course, and which is mind-blowing to me. It really is. It's not really by experience, right? And so um, we don't hear about those deaths. We aren't inundated and bombarded. And, and to the point, I mean, it's almost like conditioning, which is how often they're running the stories and how it is everywhere and it is in everything. And they're saying the same things over and over. So, so of course, now this is our reality. We're all living in the state of fear. But here's the thing. Some statistics, again, I'm not swearing to their validity or not, but have stated that through the, the, the rise in COVID deaths, uh-huh. statistically, deaths in all these other categories have gone down. And we've heard reports from medical officials saying they've been forced to you know, put COVID for just about everything. Yes, regardless so, of the actual cause. So if we notarized every single death in this city, metroplex, region, state, country, and world that occurred every minute of every day, I believe that we would still feel as a society um, in just as much fear and panic. So that tells me something. Okay, who, who uses fear to control? Not the good guys. You know, I find it very coincidental that this is going down in an election year. Mm. 
I find it very coincidental, a lot of this stuff, you know. Uh, it's not all adding up. And so I know that I'm not knowledgeable enough to tell anyone COVID isn't serious. I'm not knowledgeable enough to say there is no true legitimate concern for a threat of critical illness or death from COVID. I'm not knowledgeable enough to say whether or not uh, COVID is as easily transmitted and communable as it's being reported. Commutable. Communable. 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 Yeah, like communable. Communicable. All the kids today, man, they're abbreviating words, so why can't I leave out a couple syllables? Abbreviating words and mispronouncing mispronouncing words are different. Potatoes, potatoes, brother. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> some, some, some might criticize my pronunciation. Others might call me an innovator. They might. They also they might, might not. A pioneer and a visionary. But at any rate, my friend, I just, um, I'm very saddened by the choices of of people to put so many people through fear, pain, and misery. Because you know what? It's one thing if you do something to affect me as an adult. Uh-huh. But you're affecting my kids. Yeah. You know, you're affecting people's grandkids. You're affecting all. And I don't think, you know, you get in this routine, this bubble, this world. And I think, you know, this past week or so, it's really, um, I've been reminded of just how precious the time that was lost, you know? Yeah. Like we've talked about, you know, trying to be mindful of your recovery, being mindful of what we were being told to be cautious with the different uh, health related conditions or issues and stuff coming to my house, you know? Right. Uh, Hadn't seen you. Yeah. In over a month. And that's a long time for us. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're family functions together. We're doing stuff all the time. So I, and I really genuinely missed you. And then uh, Sunday, you know, having my in-laws over, celebrate Mother's Day, having not seen them in, in multiple months. Right. Grandkids, you know, not seeing their grandparents. The time we've, away we've had from Jamie, you know, my niece, you know, um, even with Jonathan, my brother, you know. So it's just, um, it's hard not to take a little bit personal, you know, like this sacrifice that people were making willingly. Right. It was okay if it was for something. Sure. But as more and more news comes out, and, and if it ultimately does come out, that that this in, in large part was a ploy, you know what I mean, to distract us, uh-huh. to suppress us. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not the only person that's outraged and angry and expecting, you know, accountability and answers. Absolutely. So I think we have a I think we have a guest. <gasps> I Someone used can. the link. I think. I think they did. Is it our new super fan? I, I don't know who that. Who's that? Is it Emily? It, it appears to be Emily. I don't know. Can em, Emily? Can Emily hear us? Oh, hold on. We gotta. We gotta activate the source. <laughs> hold on. Let's see if this works. Emily, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you, but it looks like. Uh, Man, it looks like they can. Okay, hold on. Let's see if we can figure this out quickly. All right. Oh, microphone. Oh, yeah, no, that's the microphone I want to use. Headphones. Okay. How about now? Um, I'm uh, I'm a little delayed in, in me watching on the live feed, but I see her now. That's true. That's true. I don't hear her yet. Okay. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, no, she should be able to, 
to talk. Can you hear me? Hmm. Well, if only we had subtitles. If only we. Sounds like, yeah, two words. Yeah, yeah. Picture. That's true. Okay. I thought that was funny, <laughs> man. Uh, Emily. Uh, let's let's see if uh, people can hear her. Man, well, I'll we're not try and talk to, and just see if you can to hear me. Otherwise, I'm just gonna look like I'm flapping my lips. Goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> I haven't see. seen. Can anybody? I'm trying to see on the live. Can they hear? You want me to turn the volume up on on, on the computer real quick? Oh, there she is. Uh, How about now? yeah. Can you hear me now? Hold on. She's getting attacked by her dog. There she is. <laughs> Both of them. Oh, she. We can oh. hear her. That's true. She does look like she's flapping her lips. That's true. Okay. So people out there can hear. Oh, yeah, they can. People can hear her on the feed. Okay. I don't know why we can't hear. This is ridiculous. This one. Well, no, because if you plug the mic. Let's in, see if that's better. Can you hear me now? Yeah, she'd loop into. It. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, let's see. You know what? Let's just uh, let's just ask some questions and oh, let her delayed. talk. You betcha. Okay. Are you ready? Just give me a, give me a head nod. You ready? Yep. Okay. Cool. Emily, tell me how you feel about COVID nineteen. Tell me how you feel about all the information or the misinformation, the information warfare going on. So what you're what we're seeing is a coming of fruition something that has been planned for years like literal years there's documentation all the way back to 2010 that we were planning this (laughs) nothing oh bummer hang on let's try this man i don't know i don't know why did this work with josh and not with her probably because he's not low frustrating Technical difficulties. It would not be Average Joe's Media without technical difficulties. It would not. She may have uh, jumped off and jumped back on. Man, bear with us, guys. Bear with us. We'll, we'll cut this out whenever we uh, post it on. <laughs> she left. She did. Well, I'll tell you what. She if left. we don't end up making this work, we're just going to have to. We're going to have to get her to brave the the world and come to the studio. It's true. She have to come to the studio. Oh, it says speakers are muted. Hmm. Interesting. More. Oh, well. Anyways, Joe. So, what is the uh, what is the most outrageous thing you've heard about this thing? Most outrageous. Whenever you heard it or saw it or listened to it. Uh, first of all, we want to thank Emily for giving, us a sh- giving it a shot. And uh, and we're going to see if we can get her back on uh, momentarily. I got to tell you, man, the most ridiculous thing uh, that I've heard um, is the idea of this tracing and forcibly removing people from their homes. Yeah. So I don't know if we covered it on the podcast, if it was during the hiatus, but several months ago, I think I'd posted on social media a few times about it. Um, Judge Jenkins in Dallas County. Yeah, called up the National Guard. Oh, did and it? and in his press conference, he just real low key was calm about it and said, "Guys, you you might start seeing this gets bad." Uh, folks in military camouflage, epidemiologist, going door to door, asking questions, trying to identify people who might have been exposed to it. 
And then they said, well, how are we going to fit all the people in the hospital? What about the beds? He says, well, the Army, you know, the National Guard, they're going to give us, turn the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center into a hospital. Right. And so everybody said, well, you know, what about old Parkland? Because it's still a hospital. It still has airline. It's, it's been closed, but it still has, you know, all the different connections and all the equipment that you would need because it served this this blessed county for Agreed. so many. I mean, growing up on welfare, brother, I was there all the time as a kid growing up because they didn't really have Medicaid and Garland doctor's offices as much. So you got sick. You were going out there for that's fair for a couple of days, you know. That's and it was really f- ironic because uh, – it was supposed to be a healthy place, but yet they have a 24-hour McDonald's inside. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people. To be a healthy place. Yeah, there's a lot of people that probably don't understand that whole concept anymore. But anywho, um, so he said, well, we're going to use that facility, and don't worry, the military's not here for policing functions. Right. They're, but we're gonna, we're going to have some big military vehicles. And they're going to be transporting people because there are going to be some people that need to leave their families ah. and they need a place to go, but they're not sick. Right. And, and so that's what we're going to use Parkland for. That's exactly what Nazi Germany did to the Jews back in the And, and he said, well, the only, only thing the police are going to, the, the military is going to do is they're going to provide security ah. for that facility. Ah, yes. And so I was really dumbfounded because the media wasn't asking him any critical questions. The internet wasn't set ablaze. It was almost as like I was the only person in the room who heard something. Hmm. So I kind of let it alone. Right. Nothing happened. Um, but I started seeing some stories, you know, as things have changed. Because, you know, Texas has definitely changed their tune. Right. You know, you got local officials here saying the world is still coming to an end. Um, but you got the governor with the president saying, hey, hey man, we're great. If you're not in a meatpacking plant, jail, or a senior living facility, you're probably, you're golden. You know, it's very confusing. Um, but in California, man, um, they are going to, again, start hiring these people to do extensive tracing. So let's say you test positive, right. you go into a database, there are going to be people like skip tracers who are going to research your whole life right now. Facebook, Google, um, all your cell phone companies are supplying data with, uh, geo locations and histories. And how you've who you've talked to, who you've texted to, who you're close by. Like right now, oh my gosh, somebody in the government has a report that our cell phones are close to each other. God forbid they're within six feet of each other, we might get in trouble. Right. So yeah, this is definitely like your your classic big brother tale. Okay. Okay. And uh but uh but basically what this county official said is, well, so and so, you know, we find out they're exposed and they need to quarantine. We might not think their home is safe to quarantine in with other people. So they're just going to have to leave. We'll have to find them a place. So some people are saying, well, it'd be nice to go get to stay in a hotel. No. Mm. Mm. No. No, no, no. So that's the most outrageous thing. So I I would, um, I hope that that doesn't ever happen. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I got to tell you, um, I read a story. You know, we moved to Wiley. Right. <clears throat> for the first probably month and a half, Wiley only had one or two cases. Oh, yeah. And so um, this woman shared a post in one of the Wiley Facebook groups saying, hey, guys, it's, you know, my name's so-and-so. I was the first case. And she described her experience. She had to report in daily to health, county health officials. They were checking in on her. She was under surveillance. Really? 
like yeah and so this is i mean this stuff's really happening so like i don't i don't personally know anybody who's tested positive i know of i think three people through like work and extended that have had people that have either died somewhere you know related to covid or had some positive testing you know with that but um it's not all made up whether or not it's real people are still being put through the paces you know what i'm saying like people are still people something's causing people to get sick some people are having a hard time getting well some people are still passing and there's a lot of um, extensive overreach that the government's doing and i just want to remind people when we give the government power, yeah. they they don't ever give it back. That's true. Prime example: two thousand two Patriot Act. Um, I you know as as a young adult, I was like, "Go for it, government. We love you, Uncle Sam. Do what you need to do to go get the bad guys." Uh-huh. Little would I know that all so many years later, a sitting U.S. president would use the Patriot Act to spy on his own people and to target. And assassinate a U.S. citizen with a drone strike. Ah, yes. You know what I mean? When I was a voting, when I was a voting a U.S. citizen in support of my elected officials supporting the Patriot Act, I had no idea right. that that potentially would be signing a death warrant for an American who may we don't know what the person really was or wasn't doing because it's all classified. Sure. And we don't have access to it. And true, there was no habeas corpus. Yes, true. Too. There was no trial yep. by his peers. You know what I mean? There was no court appointed attorney. There was no Miranda rights. You know what I mean? There was yeah. a drone strike. Right. That's fair. So I, I that's you an know, abuse of power there. Last time I checked, yeah. You know, when last time a government started coming into people in this country's homes, yeah, and telling us what we could and couldn't do in our homes, and re- and removing people from their homes. And occupying their property, it didn't end so well. When was that? Well, it depends on your version of history. So, I, okay, okay. what most people are going to draw a connotation to is the Revolutionary War. Oh, I see. You oh, know, see. some other people, you know, might say that had had um, Lincoln not marched troops uh, through Virginia, right, and occupied forms. Uh, farms and lands uh, yeah, on see, the I way was, to suppress. I went, I went to Civil War. Yeah, on the one. way to suppress, you know, a citizen uprising. Right. Um, right. We might not have had a Civil War. Ah, oh, Because uh, Virginia wouldn't have left the Union. Lee wouldn't have gone to the Confederacy. And, right. You know. Sure. Yeah, that but, was the straw that, that broke the camel's back the for people. Well, I think so. And a lot of other historians do too. I mean, we were not even a hundred years away. We weren't even two generations away. You know what I mean? From people there experiencing the tyranny that Britain uh, put the colonists under. So that's fair. So, okay. so I'm not trying to go too crazy, no, but no, you know, no, no, you know no. me. No, you know? no, 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 no. One of the I'm gonna, only I'm take two a, assassin, I'm gonna, fully assassinated presidents uh, because he tried to start his own money. Okay. So, uh, what about when we talk about being brainwashed? And we talk about all the misinformation or the potential misinformation or the potential conflicting information, statistics, all this other stuff. Uh, first thing we, we think about is the CDC. At the very beginning of all this, they they were telling us that the, the worst-case models were going to be millions of people dying from COVID. Right. And I think even with a lot of the uh, 
stat manipulation where normal deaths are being registered as COVID deaths or uh, they're diagnosed with COVID regardless of pre-existing condition or anything. Uh, I think official numbers in the United States are like somewhere in the ballpark of 80,000. So, uh, and this is, this is just, a, just several months of this. And so my biggest thing is the CDC or the NIH or the WHO, whoever's in control of, of disease and um, uh, testing and, and all that stuff, diagnosing, figuring out uh, what needs to be done to eradicate all those things. Uh, it's 100% up to the discretion of the people in charge what gets pushed out. And so if those people have a different agenda, then you only hear what their agenda is. You don't hear the legitimate statistics or you don't hear the legitimate information. You don't hear the, the, the right cure or the right treatment. Um, like ventilator treatment was like the very first thing. And apparently that's, that could potentially highly worsen your symptoms uh, up to death. And so uh, I, I heard the president get on there talking about uh, uh, zinc with hydrochloroquine and uh, basically a pack, and uh, and that is a, a proven way to reduce the symptoms potentially or completely eradicate them altogether. And then uh, MSNBC uses his press conference where he talked about that and then brings up a, a, a Dr. Gupta and says there's zero evidence that zinc and hydrochloroquine and uh, erythromycin are a valid treatment for COVID-19. And then there are doctors from all around the world that are reporting that their cases went from 10% effective, uh, uh, affected, you know, down to 2% or less when they started using zinc, hydrochloroquine, and erythromycin. And so mainstream media has has put out there they're they're directly contradicting what the president is saying because he's hearing this information and seeing the actual some of the actual results and then and then mainstream media is trying to debunk that almost immediately and it's listen it's 100% because the mainstream media does not like Donald Trump as the president like they they do not want him to be the president because he bucks the system. He does what he wants to do. Just watch his tweets. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it because he doesn't care. He knows what he's doing is putting the best possible information that he has out there for everybody and not some kind of a sugar-coated or some kind of an agenda-filled thing. And so my biggest thing was when I saw that report, that MSNBC report side by side with Trump's press conference or news conference, whatever it was that he was doing, uh, and they were instantly debunking him and then going to videos that exonerated him or vindicated him or whatever and proved he was right. I'm sitting back thinking, if you don't do any, if you don't do any research yourself, you are completely being brainwashed by the people that control mainstream media, or by the people that are in the head of the CDC or the WIHO, or whatever, whatever acronyms they are. And so, speaking of, uh, so Tony Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the head of, uh, is he the head of C- CDC? He's the head of the task force, right? Uh, and so, uh, and so he's 
that task force is getting is getting dissolved or disbanded, and so repurposed. we repurposed, re- repurposed, yes, uh, put on a different mission, right? Yeah. And so uh, we actually have a video explaining some of that. So let's go to that. We first reported two weeks ago on rumblings inside the White House that President Trump had awakened to Fauci and the treachery of the NIH and the WHO at the UN. Now we know indeed those reports were true and President Trump is striking back. President Trump has now awakened a globalist cabal inside the World Health Organization controlling the NIH in the United States has been attempting to engage in economic warfare and keep the United States locked down through the election because Democrats and globalists publicly admit they believe a bad economy will be instrumental in making Donald John Trump lose the 2020 election. AP reports on exclusive documents they received yesterday where President Trump effectively defanged so, okay, so I don't know if it's playing. Let me know if you can hear it or not. Now, We're having all kinds of technical difficulties today, and we apologize together, for that. But instead, but, uh, simply has sidelined them and said, you know, it's, We're not going to put out your What's life without technical difficulty? We're probably being, we're probably being monitored right now in some now, capacity. We rattled uh, Facebook. We rattled too many cases. To we really, really did. And to hold up our agenda to make America great again in the last three years. Then they brought forward the Ukraine hoax coup. That failed. Now, can hear. So He's got a direct line. Oh, there we go. That was probably the, that was probably the issue with Emily. What was they it? My volume was all the way down. That try to say <laughs> Emily, I love you. I apologize. Terrible, and that the economy can never be reopened. But Trump knows that he has all the statistics and all the numbers to show conclusively that the WHO and the NIH numbers that they got from Bill and Melinda Gates and others have been beyond 100% wrong. In the last three and a half years, Trump's gotten very savvy when it comes to dealing with the deep state and different federal agencies. But he didn't expect the medical system itself to be Machiavelli. Well, that's one of the most corrupt areas, as we all know, with big pharma and all these foreign corporations and foreign governments actually involved funding projects inside the NIH. And then on top of that, We've got the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation controlling all the other big foundation money of the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, and the Ford Foundation manipulating the data as well. And all of it has been fake. All of it has been a fraud. And it's coming out as medical doctors from Germany, the UK, Canada, the US, Mexico, Brazil, Japan go public and point out that we were told there was going to be 40 plus times the death three months ago, and then it was going to be 20 times the death, and then 10 times the death. All those curves were wrong. Instead, it just moves along slowly here at the bottom, up and down, up and down. There is no bell-shaped curve because we've now learned in major graphs that are from numbers released by the federal government themselves that everyone dying of cancer, pneumonia, heart attacks, car wrecks, skydiving accidents, shark attacks, anybody that dies is being tested And if they test positive for COVID-19, it's being put on the death certificate, even though the tests show that if you've ever had a coronavirus infection, the common cold, that tests positive as well. That's why the president of Tanzania, who is a renowned biologist, went and looked at their own national lab and found that it said that a goat 
and a papaya or a piece of fruit was actually positive for it because even their own national lab had been corrupted by NIH and WHOUN money to say everything is coronavirus because they incentivize almost $14,000 to say you have a COVID patient, $39,000 to intubate someone onto a ventilator. But again, we've already covered all this. President Trump is aware of this. So instead of having a big fight with Fauci and the rest of them, he's simply sidelining them and not letting them bring forward their new fraudulent graphs and their new scams saying, oh, COVID's gonna be with us forever. We've gotta accept COVID. We're gonna have to clamp down and then release and then put the noose around your neck and then release and that we've all gotta have forced inoculations and we have no choice. But Americans are beginning to realize this is a fraud. They're attributing, again, almost all deaths to COVID-19, and they've moved those deaths out of the regular column and put it in the COVID-19 column to keep this power grab and this hysteria going. And President Trump understands there's only a month or so left to really open up the economy and get it going before the depression is gonna be ultra massive and very hard to turn around. And even JP Morgan Chase is saying could last for more than 12 years. But President Trump can't do it all. We have to get the word out about this hoax, this fear. We have to quote Franklin Delano Roosevelt that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And we have to go back out and shop and go back out and dance and go back out to the movies and go back out and eat and get the economy going. 200 Hollywood scum with private jets and huge estates and mansions came out last week and said they want this to save the earth. They want people starving. They want a collapsing economy. They don't want us to have any consumerism. When they themselves are filthy rich from consumerism, but we don't have a choice. Our industrial and farming systems were taken from us in the last 50 years. We were told that we were now a service economy that would be good for the environment. But now we're being told services are non-essential and they're vertically integrating the economy to only the big mega chains and only the big box stores. And then you go research the big mega corporations. They're all making record profits by this consolidation. So we have to shop local at the farmer's markets. We need to start our own victory gardens, we have to get back to the soil, get back to the land and become more self-sufficient. This whole exercise is about power, surveillance, control, bankrupting the little people and making us be dependent on the state and mega corporations. We have to get back to basics and boost our own immune systems, getting sunlight, taking vitamins and minerals, exercising. We have to understand that our own weakness and our own decadence has put us in a position to be preyed on by super states like communist China, the UN, and this whole global program. But this is more proof that Trump is for real. He tried to get people not to panic three months ago. America wanted to panic. He said, fine, let's block the Chinese flights. The left said, no, 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 bring in the flights. He said, let's control the border. They said, no, 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 leave it open. Just don't let citizens leave their homes. Same thing in the UK. They have hundreds of thousands of people flying in every week to the UK unchecked, but citizens can't leave their homes. This isn't about stopping viruses. This isn't about saving lives. This isn't about being a hero wearing a mask. It's about a sign of submission that you are a slave. And so AP and others act like they've got the smoking gun that Trump sidelined the scientists that know what to do. No, he sidelined scientists that are globalists that want to shut this economy down. 
Bill Gates couldn't even contain himself on CNN and other shows when they talk about how horrible this is going to be and how we're never really going to reopen. He looked like he just, you know, seen his brand new baby boy born or something because these people are authoritarian monsters. And that's why this report and other reports at Man.Video are so important. And that's why we are begging viewers and listeners for your own interest and our own interest of freedom and justice to download these videos, put them on other platforms, share them, save them. But whatever you do, spread the word because that's how we override the new world order. This is an economic and cultural attack on freedom and on the free market to make you dependent and poor and to make you hopeless. But we can take action now and rebuild the economy together by saying, no to fear and yes to hope and then taking action. Thank you all for watching. We salute President Trump for desperately trying to get our country out of cardiac arrest. Now we've got to come to the aid of our country, ourselves, and our president. I'm Alex Jones. Thanking you all. Man, I love me some Alex Jones. I've gotten into him and uh, trying to figure out uh, everything that he's trying to put out there. And, man, he's he's got all kinds of stuff printed, ready to go whenever he does his recordings. It's, uh, it's pretty solid. So if you haven't checked out Alex Jones on band.video or infowars.com, you need to check him out. It's, uh, he's got some good insight. He's got some, uh, some, some pretty exciting stuff. Just saying. Well, I know that we are definitely hitting some hot topics for some people, and we probably even have some folks that uh, they might not like Alex Jones. He is a target in the in the mainstream media and a lot of uh, news pundits. That's true. Um, as, as are a lot of people. You know what I mean? That's fair. And so I think it's important. Um, I'm glad Emily's here for this because yes. I think it, it's, she's going to enjoy this. I think she is too. Um, so a part of the problem with us in America is we're all hypocrites. We are. We are all hypocrites. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too, but uh, they don't understand that certain things are inalienable. Yeah. Well, and your your level of hypocrisy says a lot about you. Are are you hip, are you hypocritical in, in big things or small things, or or do you try to control it and it just kind of rears its ugly head every now and then? That is everybody's big struggle. In terms of hypocrisy. So, with no further ado, Emily has tried to join us again. She has successfully joined us, and we have figured out why we have not Yay. been able to hear her. And and you guys have. Everything's been working. Everything's been fantastic, except the buttons on the computer. And then we figured those out real quick. So, so it's going to be even funnier for those listening on podcast <laughs> services later. Oh, yeah. They're going to be hearing her. They're going to be hearing us saying we can't hear her. They're going to be hearing her say what she said, because we still don't it's, know what she uh, said earlier. And so, and that's okay. That happens, and we just got to roll with it. We really do, right? You got to roll with the technical difficulties until they become technical easalities. That's what I'm talking about. It's not a real word, but I'm making it one right now. It is now. That's right. So it's out there. Hypocrisy. Hashtag Obamagate. Hashtag hypocrisy. Uh, hypocrisy is defined as the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Okay. So what I what I submit to to y'all, mm-hmm. all right. It's top ten hypocrisies in America. Okay. Oh, you were waiting for her to jump back on. In oh, order yeah. To... Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. No, good stuff. I think she's gonna. Not think... that she wasn't listening earlier, so she wouldn't. No, have but I mean, I think she might. Reference. I don't know. I think she'd be fun for this conversation. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. So, all right. All right. Number one. Yes. You can't top support. Top ten. Go ahead. What's, yeah. 
Well, oh, go, no, go ahead. All right, so this is, this is the average Joe's top 10 hypocrisies in America. Okay. Okay. All right. So, number one. Number one. All right, ready? Okay. I'm all jacked up, ready to go. He created a monster because we had a zero, no politics. You should have, you guys go back to listen, was it like season one, episode four, Sheeple? Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. It was your it, favorite one, though. It really was, but it just didn't gel good. That's true. That's but now, true. now, now you're woke, too, and it's great. Okay. Uh, anywho, so, uh, number one, you can't support a living wage and universal health care. As an inalienable right, but not life itself. That's fair. That's vaccines 101. The new vaccine. It's intended to control the population. Well, I, well, which means loss of fair. life. That's yeah. fair. I think it also can go to the abortion argument. That yeah, people have. Well, that's well, that's that's where I was going. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. oh, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, but well, uh, okay, but see, then also, if you shut down, well, not just abortion. If the first world shuts down the third world dies so you can't like force a shutdown and then expect everybody to be okay you know that loss of life is going to result from this whether it's the unfortunate getting the virus or whether it's the less fortunate having to deal with not having the food because everything is shut down therefore those those countries that are getting things um, that the first world country is, is is giving them or donating or whatever you know you, there's all kinds of charities well you shut the charity down the charity can't go help who it's supposed to be helping and so people are dying you can't you can't do all this stuff that you're talking about and then it's also say yeah you know what life's not that important well I mean I, I hate labels you know that so first world third world drive me crazy because as and again, as has been said by several people that yeah. aren't popular with other people. That's true. Um, you know, China's still been considered third world. That's fair. You know, I think it's largely third third world. There are there are metropolitan states, uh, places. But if you look, never mind. I mean, if you look at what they're what they're producing, what yeah. their economy, what their GPD is, all these different things, they're not they're third world irrelevant at this I point. I think the, I think the phrase third world India is, is third just, world. I think. I think the phrase third world means the vast majority of the populace is living well, in poverty. Well, and look I, at I think you can throw that out there with China. China is what the most populated country in the world, and the vast majority of it is living in poverty. Right, but look at where we're headed. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, that's I'm okay. just saying, I America. I don't, I'm just saying, I don't have America, a statistic to tell America you. needs to be a third world country. But the point I'm trying to get at with the, with this particular hypocrisy, though, is is that I I grow very wearisome hearing about people talk about all these different rights. Okay, and that you know, health care should be a right in the Constitution. Um, oh, affordable yeah. housing should be a right under the Constitution. You know, water, air we breathe. Um, a living wage, all these things. And I'm like, you know, that's great, but what about life? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure life, you know, it was a gift we were given from God. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's under the Constitution as well. But how come nobody wants to talk about protecting life? Yeah. Well, you that's, know? Kind of, that's all I'm that, talking about. And I think the issue people have when they make that argument, though, is equal opportunity doesn't equal equal outcome. So you can make the argument that everybody should have an equal opportunity to health care, to, you know, housing, that type of thing. We shouldn't be doing discriminatory practices for that type of stuff. But when people start advocating that everybody should have the same thing, 
Yeah. That's a totally different argument altogether. And that's actually what it's become over the last 50 years. <laughs> it's like it's no longer about what it was when you were actually fighting against real discrimination and real, you know, hypocrisy or not hypocrisy. It's just real um, issues. Now it's just, oh, yeah, everybody needs to have the same outcome. And yeah. that's just not it's, but- it's not. That's not realistic, mm-hmm. in any way. Well, well every uh, I, I can't. I'm not going to be judgmental and say everybody. Yeah. But a vast majority of people who are touting those slogans and those taglines and that want that to be the center focus of their elected officials' agenda do not share my same viewpoint of what life is and that life should be protected. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. And 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 yeah, I I'll, I'll be on I mean we're going to say it because we're just we're doing that now, you know. We're keeping it clean, but we're keeping it real. Um I don't know. But I you think know, the life, of that yeah, is life. that those people also deny just basic scientific fact of when life begins. Um you know, it's it's the same argument that's made for a lot of the things that are out there right now, including vaccines or whatever else. It's not that doctor, not that science. And so those people are like, but I am saying when life begins, but they're picking an arbitrary number. And you're like, you've got science that says that it begins at conception. That's and fair. to deny that is denying science. But they're scientific and uh, everybody else who the, isn't. Okay. It's the same. It's the same religious argument scientific argument philosophical argument everybody picks the philosophy the scripture the science that backs their own opinion and and they manipulate it to make it to make it seem viable that is anybody and everybody which is where the hypocrisy that everybody has stems from is that everybody wants to be proven right or everybody wants to be believed or everybody wants to know be in the know and so they do all these things that, that generate how am I right and why should you believe me? Well, because this science says so or this scientist or whatever. And that, to me, that's, that's, the, that's the flaw of it all is that that's where the informational warfare comes in is who's right. And we're all trying to figure out, we're all racing to figure out who's right. Well, I'm just saying, again. You know, you know. Well, that's confirmation bias. Exactly. I mean, everybody has some level of confirmation bias. Um, And what's less and less um, just apparent these days is how many people are willing to challenge their own confirmation bias by looking at other things. I mean, I think it's interesting that you opened with an Alex Jones clip um, because, you know, at the beginning of this quarantine, one of the first things that my husband and I spent a Saturday night watching was Mike Cernovich's hoax documentary. And if you haven't seen it, it's really good. But he goes through and he talks, I mean, and it's from the the standpoint of people on the right who were deplatformed, but it basically talks about, you know, misinformation campaigns. And one of the things that's really interesting that he um, touches on is that in 2013, they reversed the Smith-Month Act, which basically (laughs) made propaganda legal. And so you are literally being programmed by what you're watching. And so you see this huge divide between people of you know, different persuasions depending on what they watch, which is why you get, oh, you're just a Fox News thing or, oh, you're just a, you know, CNN person, that type of thing. But you're literally being programmed by everything you see and read and watch. You know, I heard you guys talking about movies when I first jumped in. And once you see it, I always talk about this, like the My, How I Met Your Mother episode, like the glass shattering. Like you can't unsee it at that point. 
And I think Josh, you said that, like, then you start to see it through that lens and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're brainwashing. The Absolutely. World. Absolutely. Well, and the, see, that was one of the most, now it's very, very, uh, logical, the thinking and the pathology or whatever behind it. Um, but whenever you are sub subliminally messaged in the comfort of your own home or while you are doing something that is enjoyable to you, whenever that subliminal message becomes a reality, it's easier to take. It's like the spoonful of sugar. Oh, this, this is what was said on Big Bang Theory or whatever. I'm just pulling something out of, out of my rear. But, uh, man, that was the funniest episode ever, and, and, and I remember that happening on there. And it's just a lot easier to take regardless of its constitutional uh, bearing, whether, it, whether it's constitutional or not. It's regardless of whether it's right versus wrong, because to me that line has been blurred way too much. Mm. And so uh, it's, 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 a, it's the programming and I forget what the phrase is, but when you're in, in some kind of a comfortable situation and you see it on TV on something that you enjoy watching, like there's receptors in your brain that make it easier to take personally. And I was like, whoa, that is, to me, that was the biggest thing that blew my mind because uh, I, I love movies. I love TV shows. I hate news. Well, apparently now TV show and movies are just... Uh, news dressed up apparently which is now yeah. upsetting now i don't want to watch any movies now i just want to go make my own movies the socially progressive agenda <laughs> that's been pushed for i would say i know it's been gone on for a long time but i really feel in the last 15 to 20 years it's picked its pace up greatly man it's uh, it's insane it's 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 disappointing is what it is it's disappointing and it's mind blowing how people can use that type of a platform and feel some measure of uh, justified in, in whatever they're trying to push, and I just I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. Well, I got to tell you, as we go through these, you know, I just want to point we out we haven't even gotten to number two. By I know. The way. I, well, this is how epic this is, but uh, I just want to point out whether you right now, uh, yeah, they're listening. You're watching. You think that you're, you're a Democrat, or you think you're Republican, or you think you're an independent, you think you're a moderate. You're red, you're blue, you're right, you're left, you're Christian, you're agnostic. What, what I want you to keep in mind is you're a living, breathing human being. And going through these, these lists of hypocrisies, it really shouldn't matter what your political beliefs are. It really shouldn't matter what your religious beliefs are, what your view on social, economic, state of the country is. Hmm. These are pretty basic and fundamental. So please, by all means, if you don't, like some of the things you're hearing don't be turned off on by it. at least listen to this and think you know what i mean because Please. here's the deal Please. well no ignoring something isn't the same as being ignorant it's true and we've got to quit acting as though we are all ignorant being sheep being led to the slaughter sheeple i like it what's number two joe number what's two number two you can't support the law but not the enforcement of the law and what i mean by this are is, you referencing anything that has to do with Obama and Michael Flynn. I'm I'm addressing all of them. Oh, oh I'm going to go back to an old soapbox of mine. Okay. Oh, okay. wow. All You're the jumping people back into the life and time. Well, no, here. Class. Yeah, thank you for that shout out. You I know bet. there's a lot of people online that are going to really appreciate that. Um, we're bringing it back, fam. We're bringing it back. Anywho, um, for all the people right now that are saying Flynn is a liar, 
Yeah. He lied. Oh. He deserves to be guilty. How dare he be exonerated? Where were you when a sitting U.S. president lied under oath? Where were you? You're bringing back last episode stuff. Give me some new stuff, Joe. Give me some new stuff. Where were you when Obama forged up this dossier that caused him to be uh, incarcerated in the first place? I don't know if he was actually incarcerated. Well, whatever. Whatever the his word whole, is. Well, I mean, his whatever whole... The word, what's the word? Uh, indicted, Yeah, I think is go. the word. Yeah. Well, his whole life was turned upside down. He was demonized. It was yeah. a character assassination, which is nothing new yeah. well, with these players. That's true, but on the, the, the scale was led all the way up to the top. Well, yeah. This one led right to Obama, like direct well, line that, of that is that is what a lot of people are saying. That's what the evidence is pointing to. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. What I'm just telling. I'm just saying. Keep that in mind. Okay. For everybody needs to keep that in mind. You cannot support the rule of law, but not the enforcement of the law. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. That is fair. That is fair. So, not in all cases, apparently, double standards exist, especially in failed marriages. But so the point is. <laughs> that's, that's 100%, 100% fair, but I yeah. just need, I mean, I think it's important for people to keep that in mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sure. when sure. when the truth comes out, you, I mean, you might not like it, that, but it don't make it not the truth. You that, know what I mean? Well, that's that's fair. What's number three, Joe? You can't, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I think where I differ on that is if we're talking about a law that is unconstitutional, um, I think we can certainly support civil disobedience of that law um i mean you think at one time slavery wasn't against the law like in owning slaves was I, I think that there is a moral imperative behind doing um just disobedience against what we're being called to and, and that's something that everybody agrees on right like i mean if you even think what happened to shelly luther i've got several people in my feed going well she should have just followed the law well first of all it wasn't a yeah. law um, but second of all, even if it was, um, you know, at some point we are we are a country founded <laughs> on breaking the law. It's <laughs> true. Well, I'll tell you what's fair. So I think I think there's limitations. Well, see, to but that. the one thing I, I I slightly I slightly disagree with what you said because of Joe's statement. Joe's statement, in in my opinion, was was one way where the rule of law and then the enforcement of that law, and then. Uh, so I think yours was a little backwards of that, like the enforcement of a law that's unconstitutional. Yeah, the right. uh, the back half of this list is going to be strictly constitutional stuff. You're going to love it. Well, but. and I think what Joey was talking about, though, was something that should have been conducted differently. That's fair. So it was, fair. you know, breaking of it. And if it had operated under our traditional, you know, checks and balances, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but we're talking about a corrupt Agreed. system. Agreed. Yeah, well, th basically, if for all the people that have wanted Trump put in jail, killed, burned at the stake, whatever, for colluding with a foreign power, if it comes out that other people that are beloved by a certain populace of this country colluded with another country, best be prepared for those people to face those consequences in the same manner in which they wanted other people to face the consequences if they'd actually done it. Uh, but I will say something to the, was it Shelly Luther, the yeah. haircut person? Oh, yeah. Salon. Salon, excuse me. Salon, Salon owner. Mode. Salon uh, owner. What I will say to this is I do agree she had every right to try to protest. She had every right to open her business. She had every right to do everything that she did. However, 
she did not have the right not to expect consequences for disrespecting the court in the manner in which she did. Now, I, I will, my caveat to that is, is I don't, in this particular moment in time, when being in jail could be a death sentence with what's happening with the virus spreading and people dying and us being told, you know, uh-huh. that that's the case, uh-huh. I don't think that was a fair punishment. So I don't believe that she belonged in jail. I do think there were other legal, legal repercussions that could have taken place uh, in response to that. And I say that because since I've known of Listen, the court she was system, just ma- she was been made an example of. That was the whole purpose well, of that. When you whole rip thing. something up in front of a judge, I mean when you when you go off reservation in a yeah. court, judges yeah. are going to put you in Con- check. They've contempt been contempt of court absolutely. Yeah, they're they've done that since the beginning of time. But they're if all that stuff do was done completely erroneously, like if if everything about it was was done unconstitutionally or uh, just incorrectly, she has a right to get upset about it. And so, yeah, tearing something up in court or whatever, being held in contempt of court and all that stuff. Okay, yeah, maybe the judge was able to put her in con- in contempt because of an immediate need to 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 squash whatever she was doing in the courtroom. Okay, yeah, right. maybe, but she should never have even gotten to the courtroom. But I think if it's she's important. risking herself getting sick so she can feed her family, well, okay, isn't so that that's... her constitutional right? Yeah, it it well it is, but it gets muddied by the um the narrative that has been painted. That's fair information it get, warfare. Exactly. Hashtag I love we got branding that bad boy. Uh <laughs> but but what I what I'm getting at is what I'm getting at is is um is that it's important to keep in perspective that um she wasn't rescued for violating uh, uh, protocol in a court and being held in contempt. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the important thing to keep perspective of. I don't believe that any of the people that have tried to rally behind her are being, you know, are saying, you know what, everybody go be in contempt of court. Cause I could see myself being someone who has been a recipient of abuse by a judge holding me in contempt or holding a loved one in contempt and punishing people because of a power trip. And nobody in the world came to their rescue. Or came to my rescue, so I can see people getting jaded there. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Well, and there's a there's a lot of things you can argue about Shelley Luther in terms of the narrative. The fact that the two gals in Laredo, um, who were Hispanic, didn't didn't get any love from Governor Abbott or Ken Paxton for operating the beauty salon out of their house. Um, the fact that you know she really didn't. I I don't think that her business would have failed. Um, you know, my husband went out the the day that her salon opened and, you know, had a chance to, to talk to her. They've got like a farm out in Pilot Point. Like she doesn't really strike me as like everything was riding on this business. Okay. And so, you know, the way that I've kind of looked at her and this is just my opinion is that because she didn't have anything to lose, she took the risk that others aren't willing to take right now. Um. I think what you said about ripping up a document, as far as I know, there isn't a law about ripping up a cease and desist order. That's not against the law. It's not a certified document. And I know that if somebody had told me to just apologize for being selfish, I'd told them to go fly a kite. Like that's that's not, that's again, not against the law. Um, So I think it does get muddy and I think it can get muddy on either side. Um, But I think there were a lot of other reasons that people could have chosen to criticize her, uh, but they weren't the ones that played out. No, 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 I agree, and and, I, and just in closing that, I think it, 
I, I get what you're saying, and I support that too. I just, I'm empathetic to people saying some judges in some areas have abused their power for a long time. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I keep hitting the table. It's true. I'm passionate talking with the hands. You know, and so I mean, I, hopefully this opens up a bigger narrative. That's uh, hopefully. What's number three, Joe? Number three. Okay, this might be a good one or a bad one, uh, but uh, you can't be against sexism, sexual harassment, and sexual assault, but not against perverting youth, pedophilia, and sex trafficking. And that seems pretty simple. That seems pretty straightforward. But the amount of hypocrisy in this country surrounding those those two sets of issues is is quite astonishing. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's I mean fair. the same people that See, are, I would have classified those. As the same thing. Well, <laughs> I thought you were going with the you can't be um, supportive of like sexual assault and not apply it to both sexes. I thought that's where you were going with the hypocrisy. Uh, well, that's fair too. No, I mean, I've said this for a while. Oh, man, we were just, I, we're, I'm sorry, I'm fidgeting because we're going so off. I'm going to stop now. I'm yeah. a frustrating just Joe Stop bit. messing with stuff. I know. Goodness gracious. That uh, camera is not doing anything to you. I know. That's fair. That's fair. I apologize, camera. I didn't have your consent. Um, but anywho. Stop abusing it. But anywho. No, man, I, I think a lot of the, the conversations that are happening, a lot of what uh, people are being indoctrined with, and they have been for a while now, is just grossly inappropriate. I've had this debate with several people, you know, just face-to-face or in real life. Uh, you know, not, I don't be cautious when I say this, I'm not getting into what people's sexual identities should be or their orientations or what what they feel their gender identity is. But what I am going to say is, is if the whole world can agree mm-hmm. that a two-year-old shouldn't be having sex, then we should agree that a two-year-old should not be picking what their sexual orientation is. Okay. You get oh, what I'm I saying? see what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? Okay. You know what I mean? If, if, if a seven-year-old shouldn't be in a... In a why are you looking at someone? <laughs> I'm saying if children... If children... If, if the whole world can agree that children shouldn't be... They're not old enough, mature enough, or developed enough to engage in, in these, ty- these, these type of things. Okay. Right? Then we should also easily be able to agree that they should not be making life-altering and physical anatomy-altering decisions and choices. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, see, I th- well okay, yeah. Go. I got a five- and a three-year-old who have wild imaginations about what they are day-to-day. Yeah. And, fair. you know, children's frontal cortex isn't developed until they're you know 18 to 20 if if and that, so making those decisions is life-altering for them and there's studies that show that people who have been given that um opportunity to do that um early on have often regretted it it leads to a higher suicide rate like all of that is supported by statistics which i'll drop in yeah. <laughs> afterwards like those are real things and i'm not again i'm not saying that 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 i'm I've long since said I am not. I'm not. I'm not God. I'm not a deity. I don't. I'm not a mind reader. I, I'm I can't glad tell. You know that, Joe. I can't tell you what. I can't tell another person what's right or wrong for them, and I can't tell a person you know, what they think is real or not real. But what I can say is, is that uh, the decisions that we don't allow kids to make, or, or people in certain capacities should make in, in one arena, we should. It should kind of be a little bit universal when it comes to the same subject matter. Well, so, but you're, but you're touching on something that is so prevalent these days is that there, we've lost hold of objective truth. Yep. I, I'm one of those people, I am a fact driven person. I don't really have a whole lot of emotions towards things. You're not going to give me with a puppy story. Um, it's fair. And that being said, the biggest thing that I get frustrated by and 
especially the last 10 years, is my truth. Well, that's my truth. Well, you can have your truth, but that's not the truth. Um, And there's always something that you can align that to, whether it be, you know, science-based studies, like I was just talking about, whether it be your religious affiliation. I mean, there, there are things that are truth, and then there are things that are people's interpretation of that truth. Not the same well, thing. I, I, see, I think that there's a that there's a the line that maybe Joe was was on or partly on whenever he either wrote you did you write these or did you find these? I wrote them. Yeah, you did. Okay, I love it. And average Joe's original. So uh, you can't be um, an advocate of the Me Too movement. Okay, you can't be someone like trying to search out and destroy people who are in that and then shunning or not shunning but uh but pushing under the rug the uh the rituals with uh with with children and uh and doing the whole what's the what's the drug what's the drug we talked about last oh yeah the adrenochrome the adrenochrome you can't you can't be pushing that stuff under the rug because it basically falls under the same umbrella in my opinion abuse is abuse um and and you can't do one and then push under the rug the other. And that's what, to me, I thought that's where the, your hypocrisy statement was coming from, is that in the past five years or whatever, how many people have lost their job or lost their influence or whatever because of the, the abuse that they conducted in the Me Too movement and, uh, and then some, some people's names were dropped or whatever that, that they got convicted for or they got indicted for or whatever. And then now, once we started opening our eyes to some of this, some of this pedophilia and some of these child sacrifice type things or whatever it is that uh, we had no idea about, and it's a lot of the same regimen of people doing both. They're saying, "Oh, you can't do you, sexual abuse is is the devil. You can't." And then, but pedophilia is not. Like this is okay. This is okay as long as nobody knows about it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, like I, that's what I thought you were going. When with. we were, well, I mean, I, this subject for me has taken on new meaning. I'm going to give a shout out to Lance and Rachel. You know, doing a bit of the research when we were promoting the Craft Fit 5K about Answer International. Yeah, and and hearing that about that story of that founder reading about it, it kind of touched me a little bit this last year, man. Like I, I'm. Again, it's one of those things to where you don't see it every day, so it's hard for you to understand the reality of it. And and the way that they described their origin to me resonated. Yeah. And so my problem is, you know, we had have had I'm I'm not I'm a feminist. I was raised by very strong women in my life. I have a daughter, I have a niece, sisters. I understand some of the inequality that occurs oh. in society. Okay. Um, I, I advocate against that. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like in the truest sense, I support women, right? I, I respect and look up to them. But, uh, what I, what I've struggled with, with some of the far extremes, yep. you know, of, of the Me Too movement is, is you've, you've had this outrage over, you know, people being charged with and, and losing their jobs over sexual harassment as being inappropriate advances, uh, words being used phrases being used and the way they were spoken to which is not right at all and deserves measured response right but the amount of money that was raised for that the amount of celebrities that marched the streets the storming of the capitol where are all these people i they're not 
why aren't they doing anything? Instead, we're at Snuffers asking for $20 donations so that we can try to raise enough money to put one person in jail or give this organization money so they can save 1000 bucks to save one kid. You got politicians that are raising billions of dollars a month for ad campaigns. But I'm just saying these people that are so outraged over all these things that are happening, why, why can't we give just a tenth of that? I mean, a tenth of the money that was raised. Do you think how many? One percent yeah. would be amazing. How, how many of these criminals that are being let go could be prosecuted and kept behind bars? How many of these people could be bought? I mean, God forbid we end sex trade. What if we just gave all the evil people all the money that the rich people in the world have? You know what I mean? And we could buy their freedom. Are you a Bernie Sanders uh, follower? I'm not a Bernie. No, <laughs> I'm not at all. Uh, but Sorry, the whole equal distribution of wealth thing has kind of. I said all the rich. Yeah, anyway. No, I apologize. But what but you then, get? What I'm saying, like, it's just it's ridiculous. About, see, I have a I have a really big problem with modern day feminism, um, <laughs> just in general, because it's not based in facts. Yes! <laughs> um, I think that it's a huge problem. I mean, you can't acknowledge female oppression without also acknowledging female privilege. I mean, think about um, you know men in uh, child custody battles. Women are almost. One hundred percent favored in Ooh. those situations. I mean, there's Joe is not the, only Joe that, is the one I, statistic that makes it not a hundred percent. No, no, no. I'm a pro. I, no, ooh, I don't even know how to even go there. I'm gonna say one quick. Let's thing. let Emily keep going. I just well, yeah. Well, that's yeah, a whole well, other topic. I, no, I was just gonna say. I, I think too. You're also talking about women who are speaking out against something, and they live in like the cesspool of misogyny and all of those things. So they have these blinders on to their own experience, but. You know, not only that, I'm just thinking about things that are being taught now. I have a 21-year-old niece and a 17-year-old niece. And, you know, as they're telling me about their experience and what feminism is being taught to them as and what, you know, um, statistics on sexual abuse, even just the way that they define it. Um, I certainly know that I, by those definitions, have sexually abused my friends, like slapping them on the ass. Like, sorry. Oh, keep it clean. Um, keep it clean, Emily. <laughs> Like, Sorry, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, I it just it astounds me what will pass for sexual assault these days. And so, you know, somebody who's raising two little boys, I think about, you know, of course, I want to treat my boys to honor girls and um, and to treat them as equals. Um, but I also don't think that we're doing that with modern day feminism. I think that we are elevating it to where women are somehow more than men and somehow deserve the same. Like when you equal pay, for example, when you remove choice out of it, when you remove negotiating skills out of it and hours worked, um, all of those things, it's it, it actually shows that women make more than men. <laughs> so, and I have statistics for that, which I'll drop y'all after yeah, the show. Absolutely. For, uh, I will, I will, listening. um, no, I'll, I'll, I can agree with some of that, but I'll tell you, I've seen what I've seen in, in industry, right? If, uh, if a man, if, if a, if a man in a certain position goes to lunch with female, female peers or coworkers, yeah, nobody says anything. But if a you know, but if a female in a certain position is friends with another male, yeah. oh, she must be cheating. She's a she's a man. she's a she's a she's a lady of the night. She's an s bag man. She's you know, and I she's all about she's all about something. I else. don't I don't think it's fair. I, I'm, I'm not going to name who, but I had a relative That's one fair. time who's close to me. She was in a, in a moving up in an organization, and uh, she had an experience, and 
she came up, you know, said, hey, I need to talk to you. She was very upset. Like her world was shattered because she had done everything the right way. And then she saw what had happened. And then to find out that it had happened at the hand of another woman who felt threatened by her. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, you know, consoled this this, this person and just said, you know, Dude. this is how it happens. This is real. That's fair. And so it, you got to you gotta look through it. It's not fair. It's not right. Hopefully it'll change someday. So I get all of that. But the the notion of I, I don't like it any movement where someone has to apologize for for existing. I thought the whole purpose of, of seeing with rose colored glasses, not seeing color, not seeing all these different uh, uh, things that people uh, show prejudice towards yep. was to be a unique individual and not be judged as a group. So the idea that I should apologize because of the color of my skin or I should apologize because of the sex I was born or my religion, I shouldn't have to apologize for those things. Neither should you or you or, or anyone. Yeah, that's so. fair. What's the next one, Joe? <laughs> okay. We got a little far field on that one, but that's okay. We did. Um, well, I think I'm going to go with four and five because four is really kind of just a compliment of two. Uh, you can't support justice, but not justice for all. Okay, that's sure. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that kind of built on that one. Absolutely. Uh, five, you can't oppose a behavior, uh, but only if your opposition is the one doing it. You're going you're gonna to have to say that one slower. You I'm dyslexic. I know, it's okay. okay. Well, we're also going long. So uh, you can't oppose a behavior, but only if your opposition is the one doing it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you an example. So I, you're only opposing that behavior because someone who's challenging you is the one that's doing it. But if someone that you agree with is doing that same behavior, then it's okay. I'm just going to give you an example. Okay. Trump was privately recorded while doing an interview back in, like, what, 2007, and he used a phrase. And I'm not saying the phrase was What was pr- the phrase, Joe? Well, he was talking about taking hold of something. Taking hold of something. Yeah. Yeah, what are we talking the, about, Joe? It's the best way to say it, keeping are, it clean. What are we talking about? I don't remember this. Remember, I'm just now getting into news. It's okay. So the statement was... And it's was, not even real news. Okay, it's, was, it's, it's, it's banned was, news. He, there was a non-keeping it clean way he was telling a guy just talking okay. about uh, picking up the feline. Picking up the feline. Peeling up... I mean, he said... Grab them by the lady bits. Thank you very much. Thank you for that. How how is that so difficult? Grab them by the lady bits. Grab them by the lady bits. There you go. So again, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway, so that really, no, here's here's the deal. That really offended a lot of people. Sure it did. You know, that really, really offended a lot of people. And then, you know, after that, uh, you know, there were several accusations that came out. You know what? That's not the first thing he's done. He's been very inappropriate towards other people. True. Um, They tried to grab him into that movement. They've you know, got so him by his man bit. It's okay, but you know what? But people were really upset about it. And you know what? That's okay. They're entitled to it, right? There was a judge uh, that he was trying, that Trump had, had nominated to be on the Supreme Court. Okay. And uh, that man's life was ripped apart because of some accusations uh-huh. of, of him being inappropriate and crossing some lines when he was in college. Yeah. And again, if it happened, I'm not justifying it. But his whole life was, was jumped into forensically right in front of god and everybody yeah last time i checked joe biden is still the presumable democrat nominee he's still running for office people are still giving him money what Obama's was that word still... you said which word the democratic can't the presumable 
dude. What does that mean? It's come on, man. Well, it, are you saying he's still? Pre, he, are you saying he's still presumed? presumptive? Excuse me, I okay. should have said presumptive. Okay, you know, I, I, I here thought it that is. Was it's after else. night. It's been a long day. No, I didn't it's all know good. if he was like being kicked good. off the Democratic ticket no, no. or something. Well, he, like, you make that, up a new word, you're going to have to define fair. it. That's fair. But, but the point is, is he's not. You know, and and after some of the acquisitions, acquisitions, I can't even talk now. You've got me so jumbled. The English language is very. After difficult. so many of these things has come up, you, he's still being widely supported and endorsed. And again, I'm not saying that Joe Biden did any of those things. Yeah. But should he not be put to the same litmus test as everybody on the other side of the aisle? I okay. mean, so many of his supporters are the ones that were crying. Listen, listen, Democrats for, for extreme justice. Democrats don't uh, intentionally go after other Democrats when there's not some kind of a campaign going on where they're trying to beat the other out for the nomination. Again, hypocrisy. You can't. Right. And then, but and Republicans but don't do the same thing. Like once the once the nominee is decided who it's going to be, then generally speaking, parties support the party. Well, there's a, there's a obviously there's a muddy middle. They haven't had the convention yet, so it's not official. That's but fair. the point. But the point I'm trying to make is supersedes right but versus I think left. The, the thing that you have to pull out in that, Ed, to to the point that you're making, is that you also then have to support the position that some people are saying about the woman make about Tara Reid. Um, who's making the accusations against Joe Biden. Uh, some of the same things are being said that were being said about Christine Blasey Ford. Like, why did she wait till now? Seems awfully convenient to do it in an election year when she had all of this time mm. to do it. So to your point, if you're going to accept that they should have the same treatment, then we also have to have the same treatment about the accusations, which people don't do. Nobody wants to hear that. That's part. fair. That's fair. No, but I'm saying, but like nothing, nothing. Um, I'm trying to think there's nothing even handed. In this society, even more anymore, okay. it's very polarized, and again, there's just it's oozing hypocrisy. Well, okay, how how shocking is it? I know it's not very shocking, but uh, things are more polarizing in an election year or the leading up to the election year than in the first couple years of of a new term. Generally, but that, u- that used to be the case. That has not been the case for this president, though. Well, for this one, or this presidency, I this should say. This one is because this one is so polarizing of a personality already, right? There's there's Republicans that have come out and and said they disagree with the way that he goes about things, but there hasn't been a ton that have disagreed with the results of what's happened of. of how much better the economy has been during his presidency or uh, the the lack of unemployment. I'm maybe saying that wrong, using like double negatives or something. But uh, the, the unemployment rate is far lower during this presidency to this point. Uh, obviously, COVID, COVID, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, because there's too many people lost their jobs post-COVID. But my point is, is that he's had so m- he's checked so many boxes of what people want that uh, he's just polarizing in his own personality. It's not that he's polarizing in his politics, specifically. Agreed. Okay. But my point, I, I mean, to, to that point, though, I'm saying in how many, so he's, this is the 45th rodeo, mm-hmm. right? Or no, 45th, four, okay. 47th. Something like that. 40, counting, yeah, is, counting is difficult, too. It very, very much, yeah, numbers are fundamental, but, um, you know, 47th rodeo. Okay. You know what I mean? This is this country's been around for how many years now? Yep. A couple 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 centuries? Yeah. Um, Two fifty. Yeah. Something like There's that. Some change. Yeah, give or take. <clears throat> we're we're hitting we're we're I mean the sides of the aisle have always hated each other. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always been disgruntled people in, in the country with not supporting or not liking. There used to be, though, a little bit of respect for an office. Okay. That's that's kind of gone out the window a little bit. You sure. know, and I don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things that come out of the man's mouth that drive me up the wall crazy. I don't agree with a lot of things. Sure. But what's good for is for the goose is good for the gander, is all I'm saying. That's fair. What's number six? All right, moving on to number six. Or seven. Okay. Well, no, well, six. I forgot okay. what number we're on. I'm just I tell you what. I'm going to go through the next four and group them together, and then we can talk about them because they're, they're very closely related, right? Okay. All right, so you can't protect the Constitution but pick and choose which parts. You can't protect against foreign threats but not domestic. You can't support civil rights but not the Bill of Rights. You can't support freedom of speech but not the not, – uh, excuse me. You can't support freedom of speech but not when those opinions are different than yours. You went through those pretty quick. I thought you were like doing the whole like. No, I was just. Oh. I'm, I'm thinking about what. That's I'm fine. Gonna I'll break it back next. down. So you know you can't protect the Constitution, but pick and choose which parts. So I think it's important. Just keep talking. That scared the you know what out of me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't know what I look like on camera because I got my notes up instead of the screen. But like, holy crap! That was uh, that was very startling. Sorry, nobody else heard it. Only you and me. Seriously? Yeah, 100%. Okay, well, I just really looked weird then. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome, America. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people pick and choose which parts of the Constitution they want to protect, which part of the Constitution they want to uphold. Yeah. And I think if more folks that we elected to office really took their oath a little bit seriously and actually defended the, the whole Constitution, I would be a lot better off. But people tend to not even really even know what's in the Constitution. That's fair. That's fair. That's the bigger problem. It really is. That is the bigger problem. And, uh, you know, it's really easy for us to focus our attention on foreign threats and invading other countries and policing other countries. But not a lot of attention is always given to the threats we have internally. And it's important to keep in mind that uh, under the oath of office, most of our elected officials in, in any capacity you know, whether it be state or, but especially in the federal sense, right. are sworn to oath to protect against foreign and domestic, just like our law enforcement, just like our military. That's fair. Okay, so uh, right now I want to introduce y'all, if you haven't heard about this, to a, a new House bill called, I think it's, I think people are dubbing it like the Bill of the Beast. Okay, I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, we're going we're gonna to share this thing All right. real quick. So it's about three minutes. Give it to uh, Mr. Greg Reese. Okay. Greg Reese is the narrator of this video. The World Health Organization recommended forcibly removing family members from their homes and putting them in quarantine. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Queen Elizabeth seemed to be echoing this idea to the UK. It reminds me of the very first broadcast I made in 1940, helped by my sister. We as children spoke from here at Windsor to children who had been evacuated from their homes and sent away for their own safety. Today, once again, many will feel a painful sense of separation from their loved ones. But now as then, we know deep down that it is the right thing to do. Bill Gates has been pushing the idea of tracking people with digital tattoos 
And Microsoft was recently granted patent number 060606 for a cryptocurrency surveillance system connected to the human body. Now enter HR 6666 to authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to award grants to eligible entities to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and as necessary at individuals' residences and for other purposes. On May 1st of 2020, Illinois Congressman Bobby Rush introduced H.R. 6666. This act is essentially setting up a nationwide contact tracing and quarantine program run by Big Pharma. Section 2, COVID-19 testing and contact tracing using mobile health units will allow Bill Gates loyalist Alex Azar and the CDC to fund eligible entities to conduct tests, trace and monitor the contacts of infected individuals, and to support the quarantine of these contacts via mobile health units. Who are the eligible entities qualified to receive this funding? Health centers, nonprofit organizations, high schools, and anyone else that Alex Azar deems eligible. The amount of taxpayer dollars being asked for to trace the public and force quarantines is $100 billion for 2020 alone, and whatever may be necessary as long as the emergency period continues. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. Mind-blowing. Well, there, that's what the, some of the frustration I was talking about earlier. Okay, yeah. Uh, I will say, though, in... Uh, House Bill 6666. That's uh, fair. That's, Not a that's scary one, name at all. That's one six beyond the mark of the beast, isn't it? It's pretty close. So, I mean, that's, that like an, that's a pretty intense beast. That's all I'm saying. That, that's Bill fair. Bill the beast. I will say, though, one thing that, uh, again, I'm all about truth. Yeah. Oh. I, wa- I want information to get out there. But I feel like, not just this video specifically, but there's been a lot of posts going around that have taken the Queen Elizabeth thing out of context. That was actually a pre-taped speech. Well, that was part of a pre-taped speech she did uh, for one of those uh, telethon things that Elton John did. Very beginning of COVID, a couple of celebrities went on and played songs from home, and it was supposed to be great. It was like a lot of propaganda, though. But anyways, so I remember watching that, though, and <clears throat> her statements about the address she gave back then and and what was happening to the children then she was really equating her talking to the country now of being another world war ii-esque scale event not that she was really foreshadowing children being taken from their homes and shipped off to the countryside but i mean what she did say was this time reminds her of a time when governments were saying the exact same thing Back during World War One, no, I know, I understand. Too. I'm just saying they Whatever. spliced it up a little bit. If you if like if the whole unedited version of it, in my opinion, doesn't make it sound the exact same way. That's just me. Yeah. No, but the entire Nazi movement was founded under the same premise of for your safety. Um, for your safety, the way it's being used should scare us all. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the things that my husband and I were talking about is. I, I have never been able to wrap my mind around Jewish ghetto police. 
Like, how in the world does that happen? Everybody, you know, turning in their neighbors. They all ended up going, getting on the train anyway, but that type of thing has always kind of blown my mind. And what we're watching is a modern-day version of that. We are watching a modern-day Jewish ghetto police turn in your neighbor, <laughs> um, be incented for that. I mean, there are people who are being employed as contact tracers um, just to turn people yep. in. That in, in rising unemployment, I could see how that would be very appealing. I listened to a piece. Uh, I'm doing this thing on Spotify. Shout Spotify. You can find us on there. Uh, it's called Daily Drive. So it's a combination of like songs that you play a lot in your playlist and then little news blurbs, like little 15, 5, 20-minute podcast. And um, there was an NPR uh, one, affiliate one today that was actually talking about the workplace and talking about what some extremes of some companies are doing. They're going to in-depth family screening apps this total invasion of privacy and because people have been out of work because people are desperate for money they're willing to do almost anything right now in the wake of this crisis so again it's about giving that more power up but to your point about reporting on your neighbors again i've said it a couple of times i want to say it again because again i like being on the soapbox and beating a dead horse uh red flag at whitehouse.gov under Obama's first administration, he instructed and requested you had a, a government website promoting the reporting of fellow U.S. citizens to the government for investigation and mis spreading misinformation about the ACA he was trying to pass. It's fair. And if people were to... Well, you have to think about this bill in terms of abuse. Like, what would it look like if somebody were to abuse this opportunity? So... You know, the same thing that people at the very beginning of um, coronavirus were saying for those in China, like it was a great happen happenstance that this was happening during the Hong Kong protests, yep. right? And so something like contact tracing, if you want to eliminate somebody who has an unpopular opinion, mm -hmm. just have Karen down the street report them. I mean, <laughs> you know, Karen, that can be abused. I know I, I'm oh, a Karen. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, but here's the thing, and this, uh, I'll, I'll, we've been, if you if you look back at it, they've been preparing us for this for a long time. So, I I am not. It's going to be hard for me. I hope and pray, knock on wood, I don't have to get tested because I'm going to be in a really tough spot about not wanting to submit to it, because um, unless it was through my doctor, and we had a conversation to begin with, because the the testing that they're pushing. It's not even, we don't even know if it's that accurate. So you ask yourself, what's the point of it? And it's to collect information on us. They're getting us used to the idea of them having genetic information on us because of what the 21 and Me and Ancestry.com. I'm not going to put my DNA in a bottle and easily give it to somebody to put in a database because that's some Nazi stuff. And what a lot of people don't understand is a right. lot of what the Nazi party... Um, a lot of what they use as their skeleton for some of their science and some of the really horrible things they did through the Holocaust started in this country with a president named Woodrow Wilson and a society he was a part of in New York in the Northeast and what they were doing to people there. I said it, I think, a couple weeks ago, prostitutes and criminals and people with disabilities being euthanized, being sterilized. It's um, all these all these things that we're afraid of outside of our country has so many traces back to people within our country. It's just really important uh, that people keep in mind. I mean, I love our country. I really do. But um, the people that have run this country throughout history have done some pretty messed up things. That's fair. 
Well, and I think you talked about that um, last episode about how after World War II, we brought back all those Nazi scientists to America. Paperclip. To take their knowledge. Yeah, and they helped contribute to uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Space uh, in, in NASA was one big one. Space exploration and all that stuff after World War II. You know, and I think it, it, it'd be very hard. I mean, I think, again, uh, taking not... <laughs> I know there's so much controversy with all this information we're taking on about Hollywood. It's fair. But Amazon Prime's um, Hunters is really a great show. Um, I mean, not for kids. So there's violence and cursing and all that kind of stuff, but uh, they don't keep it clean there. But it's it's a really... Um, I think it's a really great storyline about what it must have been like for some of these folks. To just you know coming back to America, um, wars the wars over and they're living their life and all of a sudden this person that killed their whole family and they they saw kill thousands of people or an elected official or they're running a butcher down the street you know. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's really hard for people to wrap their minds around is that there is an elite set of billionaires who own the yeah. world. And that's that's how you get everybody to tune you out and really call you the tin hat society when you start talking about that. Um, but it's all out in the open, too. I mean, they meet in Davos every year to have like a, a summit to talk about evil New World Order things. I mean, that's a real thing. And when you go and you um, look at some of the documentation, you can see that there's um, ap- applicability into what we're going through today. So that's actually one of the things when my mic wasn't on um but i saw ross had said do you have documentation on that and yeah. um, what i had said was we actually have evidence that they've been planning covid19 like as just a pandemic exercise for several yep. years and so, so we saw it in rockefeller institutes the rockefeller um, foundation yeah and that's a global right. population 2010 that's right and then in 2012 was kind of like the the dry run mm-hmm. with SARS. I mean, they've they've done a couple of different planning events up till then, but then last year at the end of the quarter they did Event 201, which was literally COVID-19 planning. So you know, and I do planning for a living. So when I think about like if I want to get a message out, I think what's my simple repeatable mm-hmm. message. How do I get belief to buy in this? Um, how do I roll this out and make sure that it gets adopted? Like, and I'm looking at this thing like a, like a planner going, they have they did their their pretest, they did their <laughs> speed to market. I mean, yep. they have done all of the steps that you would do to make this thing yep. happen. So, so let's and again, I, I don't I don't know where I land on it. I might still be experiencing social dissonance. Did I say it right this time? I don't know. I don't know. Are you talking about social distancing or are you talking about cognitive Cognitive dissonance? That's right. It's late, boys and girls. We're almost at two hour mark. It's been a work day. You know how it goes. Anywho. That's fair. You know, I'm not ready to completely wrap my head around if 9-11 really was an inside job. Uh, I just, I would just, that would, I don't know. I just feel like that hurt a lot. I'm not ready for it. All those people that are still around that, that, that remember that day or, or whatever. All the people that were affected by it, all the people that Everything. lives were reshaped by their service to the country directly as as because of that. It would uh, <laughs> it would throw all that into into a blender. Well, it's not just the lives that were lost on the day, but all the lives that were lost after that in the name of that fight. Yeah, um, it'd be very very 
just devastating and heartbreaking. It's a hard pill but to swallow if that's the case. It is. But but with that, what we allowed, our response there. But I, uh, and I was going to ask you if you heard anything about it, and I don't have all the information available, but I feel like it was called Operation like Jade Sheath or some weird emerald something or another, but it was that military operation that kind of uh, – was almost in plain sight, but then uh, a few people caught wind of it. The governor flipped out about it a couple of years ago where they were buying up the Walmarts, turning them into basically looking like internment camps. Conspiracy theory episode was last episode, Joe. What was that? What? I don't know. We're both kind of questioning what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? No. I have no idea. Okay, so there's so there was a there was a large military grouping that was happening like in the Permian Basin or something. Okay, and uh, they had bought up a couple Walmart properties and they were turned into these camps, uh, and uh, so then all they got went to the Abbott and Abbott. I'd heard some people talking online. I thought they're all full hat wears, you know, like okay, these are my crazy friends with their conspiracies. Then uh, I remember like I was telling people I was at the gym and I see on the news, you know, the locker room, Abbott going off writing a letter to the head of the army or national guard or whatever, just going off. Like, how dare you? Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to occupy Texas? And, uh, basically it was a covert special ops joint operation training, uh, where they were going to be, uh, pretending going through some exercise of how they would handle, um, another terrorist attack and move between straight lines without being noticed. This is for real. Like this okay. is, I mean, it's okay. I don't know if anybody has heard of it. Whether or not it's for real. I don't, I, I haven't heard about this. But I was saying, but then in conjunction, close within that. They are. are you there? What? Sorry. No, I was laughing because my husband's in the other room, and he said, "I think that was the one I was a part of." Oh well, yeah. <laughs> my husband is ex-military. Okay, well then there you go. Maybe y'all know, or maybe you know, but you can't say. But I thought that was was really suspicious. The pictures that started surfacing around that time of the military UN vehicles that were stateside, and just some of the other things that were taking place. Around that time, I've I've questioned for a while now. Was that where they testing the waters? So you're talking about pictures of UN vehicles. People people took pictures and were like sharing them online, saying like, "Hey, I was oh, I, I saw this military convoy." Right. You know, similarly after nine eleven, there was a lot of people that saw gigantic military trains um, and convoys happening here in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex. Right. You know, there, there's, I know that's a whole, I mean, we've, we've, that's a whole nother episode That's fair. of just some stuff I've heard that's gone on around here for there, but, uh, but no, I worry about it. And so when you start hearing about potentially having military trucks, transporting people, facilities being turned into fun places for people to go that aren't sick, but can't be with their family, uh, you know, telling people, Hey, if, if somebody in a camo comes up to your door, don't worry about it. Let them in. They're going to ask you some questions. It's completely okay. Mm-hmm. That to me is concerning. You know, I don't want to come off as a full tilt prepper. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not again trying to a flat earther or trying to wear a full hat. But I know enough about history. Sure, those well, so, aren't good signs. Well, so see some of that stuff. Um, you you really got to call into question what is real and what isn't on a lot of the things that that appear to be um, staggering. Just in, in what's in what's brought out to you. So the first thing that I saw that really blew my mind about pictures on it was the uh, the big migration or whatever from Honduras at the beginning of the election, yeah. and then seeing the pictures of these people getting on a bus because they actually didn't walk all fifteen hundred miles or whatever, 
and then people being paid and then uh, videos being basically uh, like produced in the middle of this uh, to uh, to say that uh, uh, there were police that were gassing kids and stuff when there were people in the in the crowd throwing the gas to stage it and stuff like that and so uh, so knowing that okay knowing that that big migration from Honduras to the Southern California border or whatever right before the election uh, knowing that that was staged then I see this video by Project Veritas okay and if you don't know what Project Veritas is it's it is a um, it is I, I don't know what all the technological terms are but it's a guy or a, a group of people that are that are searching for the truth and uh, and they are exposing the lies ultimately okay and so what they exposed was this uh, this little testing site outside of a, a hospital I believe it was in Michigan and when CBS was coming they got all their hospital employees to go get in their cars and drive through the line so it appeared that there was a huge wait and that this hospital was like being overrun with all these uh, potential cases of COVID and the hospital was actually empty so empty in fact that most of the employees were outside of the hospital mm -hmm. because they didn't have anything to do in the hospital and that they were staging this this thing and i can pull this video up if we want to see it i can pull it up because I, I figured well, it out let me, but let me say something on that because there was the whole hashtag film your hospital that was going around like at the beginning of this when people weren't seeing what was matching to the numbers that they were presenting and i have a friend who's a nurse and that was actually one of the things that kind of woke her up to start questioning stuff and i think um you know one of the things that you're kind of touching on is just applying your logic and going gosh how in the world would that many people be able to go on foot for all of that way to honduras for example and if we apply it to like COVID 19 we did not shut off travel until march 2nd and the virus was, you know, started as early as October in China. And when you figure we have about 6,800 people a day traveling back and forth to China, how does that logically line up for people to think, oh, nope, it wasn't here until March. It just sat right. waiting. That's not how viruses oh, no. work. No, 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 not at all. So, I mean, I was just... and. and but the other thing is seeing doctors saying how empty their hospitals are because... There's, it's just not as deadly as what's being projected. And these people are getting shut off of YouTube and, and all this other stuff. And uh, listen, honestly, if somebody watches all two hours of this, they're going to shut us off of Facebook. But, I mean, the point is, is that everything is being blown out of proportion in such a way that unless somebody is out there able to expose what needs to be exposed or able to tell the truth about what type of what truth needs to be told a type of truth was kind of a misspeak but still my point is that is that there's no there's no way to really validate anything that's being said unless you get somebody out there putting the work in putting the putting the miles on their legs or whatever well so this is what i that's what i think is so interesting about project veritas so james o'keefe is not a journalist and um, founder of Project right. Veritas. He is an independent person who just went out there and wanted to get in and get undercover so that he was getting right. the truth. And I think that that's something that we've all lost. Like people, I get really 
irritated with the fact that people like to see things in 140 characters oh. because real research takes oh, a long absolutely time. Absolutely, <laughs> does. Absolutely. And it's our responsibility, and we've kind of you know punted that to whoever's going to tell us what well, we should think. Because well, wouldn't you hard. say that he's maybe the most pure journalist? Because that's what journalism is. Journalism has journalism absolutely. has turned into reading off a teleprompter or. Uh, giving, uh, getting information as opposed to going and getting that information. I mean, what did people do back during World War One and World War Two? What did those journalists go do? They went to where the fight was, and they took pictures during the fight. They had conducted, what, if you want to call them interviews, either before or after any kind of battle or operation, uh, potentially during. Uh, one of my most favorite movies to watch is uh, and you know what? I hate that movies have these subliminal messages, but uh, it was we were soldiers, and uh, and I forget the guy's name, but he went and he got on one of the helicopters of some of the reinforcements, and he just he jumped off with his camera, and then the, this huge fight ensued, and then uh, uh, oh Virgil Wyatt, uh, I forget his name uh, in the in the movie. But uh, but he gave him a gun, and he's like, I'm a non-combatant. He was like, not today. Not today, sunshine. And this guy went and tried to do everything he could to tell the story of what happened during that. Uh, and he wrote a book, or he wrote something else. I don't know what he wrote specifically, but he wrote something on it, and that's part of what the movie used uh, for credibility. And uh, but, but that guy jumped into the fight and was being a journalist. I mean, he was reporting he was collecting data he was figuring out what happened so whenever he could tell the story it wasn't uh what other people were feeding him it was what he ate it was what he lived and breathed and to me that's what journalism is and always has been until here recently now it's just here's what you, here's what you got to read which makes sense why all yeah. the big names are all the big uh people who control the media it's why they control it because now journalism is just reading what they give you. So, to me, it's mm-hmm. it's it's way different. And so, Project Veritas to me is the is the absolute purest form of journalism, going out and finding the truth or finding answers. And even if the truth is what's being said, like even if they went and found this this hospital and these were potential patients, like the whole line of cars was all potential patients, then they found the truth, and the truth is actually what was said. Right, even if that was the case, that's still journalism. Now it's maybe not near as shocking as a lie being exposed, which that's the one that's going to get trending, or that's the one that's going to get the traction. But uh, but my point is, is that that that's part of what got me and uh, and has me just befuddled at a lot of this stuff, and also kind of vindicates why I chose to stop watching the news like five years ago, or uh, you know, getting cable. Because if nothing else was on, I'd turn the news on, and then I'd get frustrated. Whenever I say good morning to Google, I start hearing all these news stories that who knows what's true. The only thing I like hearing on that morning report are the podcasts that uh, start talking about sports or they start talking about something from a podcast perspective because those are people who are most of the time putting their own resources into what they're doing, and it's not a mainstream type of situation. But anything else that's mainstream, it's like it's all the same stuff. And it gets it's just man, it beats me over the head. I just I can't handle it. And so I start I turn it off and I start listening to music. Because music to me, music isn't 
music is, is something that, touch, that that gets to you in a totally different way. It, it hits different receptors, one hundred percent, and so it gets you out of it gets you out of the monotony and the mundane, ultimately. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, do we do we want to watch Project Veritas and this uh, this Michigan? I'm, I'm fine. Can I give a little update real quick? Yeah. A little fact checking. Fact checking. So it was Jade Helm, uh, which <laughs> some suspect stand for Joint Assistance for. D- Jade Deployment, Helm. execution, homeland, eradication of local militants. So that back in 2000, I think, yeah, 2015-ish is when it went wow. down. 2015 was a rough year for me. Yeah, uh, me and you both, brother. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's probably why we forgot. Uh, but uh, but Abbott found out about it, so he ordered the Texas National Guard to go watch right. the U.S. military. Sure. But basically, it was California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and they, they, they broke this map out, and it basically think about uh, Red Dawn. Oh, so you know, love they, that movie. It was a great movie, both of them. You the, know, the original. The second one was was as good was not as good in my opinion, but it was good. It was still good. It I was, mean, who was, doesn't love anything with Thor in it? That's good. Um, but uh, but anyways, though, so the idea was is how could they suppress? You know, insurgent populations and whatnot. So right. some people speculated, along with this whole UN thing, yeah. that the UN was going to be mobilizing to sneak Chinese troops in through Mexico. Right. And so I, again, I don't know if that's real or not. Right. But it, all the more reason why I've always said I love immigration. Well, let's look at something. But I like it, non-porous borders because l- of foreign threats. Because well, here's the deal: if a mom, if a mom and her child who may or may not have ever been educated. From an indigenous population in the Amazon rainforest, yeah. can get across our border undetected. Yeah. I'm pretty sure foreign military, intelligence officers, yeah. drug dealers, and you know terrorists could easily that's fair do that. Well, let they're counting let's, on it. That, that they are. <laughs> let's look at something that that is real, and uh, let's figure out what we need to be concerned about. More sense. How is the mainstream media going to respond to this? I guess with more censorship, you've had your videos censored off YouTube, medical doctors that expose this are being censored. Doesn't President Trump need to act against this censorship? Well, he spoke about it in the Oval Office yesterday. He brought this story up, but they, the, the, the media responded by taking down their entire broadcast of what they, of what they did. Uh, but I can tell you that we have a story coming up on um, a, a big tech story a uh, huge tech story coming soon, and we're going to go right into the belly of the beast with these big tech firms and catch them in the act and get them to admit their political motivations, Alex. So we hope we hope the president responds to that one when it comes out, too. So much incredibly important news breaks about how they're counting every death as a COVID-19 death. They're counting people that don't even test positive for COVID-19 as COVID-19. They are demanding that we get all hysterical and, 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 and never go outside again, even though civilization and society is breaking down. This third world starving to death. We're going to all be bankrupt pretty much. But the big mega banks and the billionaires, they're licking their lips. They're going to be able to vertically integrate and consolidate total control and come with forced inoculations and ID cards to prove we've been inoculated. You just wake up and you're in a dystopia. But then Project Veritas... And James O'Keefe go out and do professionally what citizens trails, trailblazed on. Remember, two, three months ago, people were going to hospitals all over Europe, all over Asia, and showing them empty while they were claiming 
that they were full. And then in the U.S. in the last few months, totally empty. And then they'd see photo ops going on with people dressed up in hazmat suits and looking like lines going in, but they would loop the people in and out. And now Project Veritas caught it all on tape. They have like a 30-minute report on their website. But here's just a few minutes. I mean, I know this broke last week, but or I guess on Monday, but you just can't talk about this enough. They want everybody to forget about this, but we're not going to let folks forget about it. Here it is. You're telling me you're 100% certain that CBS News, CBS News Corporation, National, staged a fake event. They faked the news. They faked the reality and broadcasted that to all of their audience last Friday on CBS This Morning. 100%, absolutely. Only six states have reported more cases than Michigan, but fewer than 2% of its people have been tested for the virus. In our series on the state of coronavirus testing, Adriana Diaz shows how Michigan is trying to improve a system that has failed some of its people. But the governor says testing above all else will help determine when to fully reopen. And, uh, apparently, the news crew wanted more people in the line because they knew it was special. Well, we knew they, they were coming. We had no clue that we were going to have to, like, do face patients. Gotcha. And did she tell you guys, like, hey, you're not actually getting tested? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she did. She just said this. Well, just to make it look busy for the meals because they were right there. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's crazy. Well, I didn't see you guys had do the swab at all. I just saw you talking yeah. with them. And then I was talking with you the other girl. There were a couple of real patients, which made it worse. I probably just wanted to look busy. <laughs> it's my guess. Is this the, the fake line? Yes, yep, that's it. So, so the people in the cars are, are not patients? Majority of them. I do know um, from talking with the testers that that one one of them, one or two of them, uh, were real patients, which added to their frustration because this line sat there for a while uh, so they could organize the shot. So they, they've made a, a, a line of cars with, with, with medical personnel on the cars as opposed to patients. Correct. And the viewer does not know that. Correct. You shouldn't be afraid to say the truth um, because in the end, you know, truth always wins. And by the way, citizens... First went to that very hospital they saw in the news claiming they had lines around the block and they, they were there and saw there'd be nobody there for days. And as soon as media showed up, there'd be a line of 10, 15 people going in and a bunch of cars backed up. And it was the hospital workers in the empty hospital being told, go out and do it. And there they are admitting it. Undercover video inside saying we were told to do this for CBS. So, of course, we have to question every big event. Because it's not just Jesse Smollett trying to stage something with two dudes by himself. There are major institutions and groups that said all those babies were thrown out of the incubators to start the Iraq War in 1990. None of it was true. They used a woman, a young teenage girl from a local PR firm who'd never been to Kuwait to say she saw them killing the babies. None of it happened. There weren't babies in incubators. It didn't happen. But that's how you launched a war that then over the years killed millions of people, killed tens of thousands of U.S. troops, hundreds of thousands of troops from the coalition got hit by gas when we blew up their bunkers. And just the chain reaction of this continues on. And there's so many hundreds of examples. But then 
If we question other big events, we're bad. The Democrats also do things like hire AstroTurf, just people to come as demonstrators. And then they will also hire right-wing AstroTurf to have collisions and have fights. And we got Antifa documents out of Maryland from 2015 exclusively. So, again, the biggest thing about that, in my opinion, is CBS. CBS, a nationally renowned institution, right? Uh, a trusted source. Completely faked it. Now, the one thing that I found to be extremely intriguing uh, or very, uh, you know, things that made me say, hmm, is that CBS took it down. They took down the footage or whatever because, well, I mean, they took it down because they got caught. How many times does someone finally admit to doing something wrong after there's evidence that they did something right. wrong, right? Unless, there's, unless they can get caught, unless it can be proven, people generally stick with the lie. And the thing with CBS is it's not an isolated occurrence either. That's fair. That's fair. They've been busted a couple of times pretty hard. See, and that's where I am at, uh, at a loss because this is the first time I've seen CBS be busted. Right, because I I have for thirty six years I've avoided news, I've avoided what's happening in the media, yeah. because uh, I say I avoided it. When I was younger, I watched it, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Okay, uh, but for the last five, I in, I intentionally said the news is one hundred percent out there to make you feel feared uh, or to make you question your reality completely, and uh, and and. They have nothing good to say. Everything is bad, bad, bad. This is the state of the union. It's horrible. And we're here to tell you about it. And then occasionally they'll throw something good in where a teacher did something for her students that was put on air or something like that. They'll, they'll throw little drops in there to make you feel good. But then they'll just spread the negativity, spread all the violence, spread all the terror and all that other stuff. And it just to me, it's just a depressing situation. So I got, I just got, I took myself out of it completely. Like I said, about five years ago. I think you have to. Well, and I think part of it that's really frustrating is it doesn't even matter even if they were to retract it. Mm -hmm. Retractions run in small print. Nobody really cares once that's out there. Oh, it's it's true. out there, and it becomes that's the story. true. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Well, Joe, that's hypocrisy, man. Yeah, I mean, I think the in, in its purest form really is man the last thing uh, in closing the number 10 you know uh, you can't ask questions but refuse to accept the answers it's fair that what you feel like you were, I, I knew you put that one last you actually probably put that one first and then was like you know what we need to save that deuce that that for yeah. yeah 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 this is uh sleepless sleepless nights for joe yeah. uh comes up with this is uh, what you produce in a sleepless night yeah yeah so i'm gonna you know dude we're get some better to, rest we're gonna have to take this uh we're going to have to take this to, we're going to have to do like a 24 hour mainstream media or not mainstream media, but uh, just what are the videos that you need to watch and just, just talk about them, debrief them 24 hours, dude. Well, maybe 12. We might do 12. On a Saturday. <laughs> Friday night. Saturday. Friday night to Saturday morning. Something maybe. Well, I got to tell you, some of the ones that I love, um, you know, because I watch a lot of things. I love a good conspiracy theory. Give me the craziest person in the room. I want to nice. talk to him. Um, 
<laughs> I just like it. I find them interesting. Um, but what I love about a lot of the videos that are out now, and I think that this is part of just the new internet journalism, like you were talking about with Veritas, people put their sources out. And those are my favorite videos, because if you give me a source that I can go and look at myself and see it and make my own judgment Absolutely. about it, that's Absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever I was told about band.video uh, and I started watching, uh, whatever I've watched, I haven't watched that many. It hasn't been that long since I learned about it. But uh, every single time they, they highlight the source, USA Today, uh, CNN, CBS, Project Veritas, you name it. They highlight it every single time, and I'm sitting back thinking, all right, like that's something I can get behind. Yeah, and I think as long as you keep that open mind of, I might not necessarily, it might not all be true. It might not all be fake. Do your own little bit of objective research. Yep. Keep it open-minded. Don't get, uh, you know, there, there needs to be a lot of smoke before you can you commit to knowing that there's a fire. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I think when, it, when that's kind of like, you know, the old saying, even a blind squirrel can find a nut. Like, I'll look at any that's fair. That's fair. And I think in this day and age, I think one of the things that we just have to do is be prepared to have unpopular opinions. Yes. <laughs> and I will I will talk to anybody about anything as long as you're coming back at me with facts. If you're coming back with me with, you just want my grandma to die, I got nothing for you. I can't do anything with that because it's not factual. It's an opinion. That's well, I don't mind even having some discussions over people with how they interpret something, their perception of something, how they feel about something. I'm fine with all those things as long as it can be done in a civil, respectful manner. You know, our country was founded um, with the, with people having civil discourse. That was, I mean, that's that's why our government was situated, uh, you know, set up the way it was, is for people to, to get together to debate, uh, talk about stuff, and... It's okay. You didn't have to agree. You could be of different opposing views, but at the end of the day, push came to shove. You came together for your state, for your city, for your county, for your your country. You know what I mean? People, I mean, people, I mean, even, God bless, you know, like people aren't even coming together as a faith anymore. That's fair. Um, and all the people that are so critical of each other, I, I oftentimes I ask somebody if I know I'm like, but not in a non-judgmental manner, but like, of course, you know. Take take away, you know, what you feel like your position needs to be as a Democrat or Republican. What's your position as a Christian? Are these people not your brothers and your sisters? That's fair. Even if they aren't, you know, you're supposed to. Love your neighbor. Exactly. That's fair. So. How do you feel about I Jesus? I think part of the rise in that, though, is that there's been a politicizing of the church. Mm. <laughs> and. It's been very apparent. I mean, I'm sitting here watching churches take positions on things that aren't mentioned in the Bible at all. Like, I'm like, that's not talked about. That's not something you should have an opinion one way. I mean, you can have an opinion mm. on it, but you can't say that this is the biblical perspective on that. It's something I really take issue with the church on. Um, and, you know, COVID's really brought some of that to light. Like, you know, I take issue with the church kind of saying we're going to not gather. That's not biblical. And, you know, you can kind of argue either way, but... It doesn't really hold water if it doesn't stand with my beliefs. And so that's um, that's a hard thing to reconcile. Like, I can respect somebody else's opposing point of view, um, but I can't get behind, and I think this was one of your hypocrisies, if your belief is rooted in something that's part of a belief system itself. I'm like, well, then now we're just, you know, fighting belief systems. That's fair. That's, that's fair. fair. And, in, and in line with... Uh, 
with your you know churches or religions or whatever becoming political and or politically motivated or whatever uh we'll just save this little nugget for one of our future episodes Nine thousand catholic churches getting covid like bailout money from uh from the ppp that was uh that was intended for uh you know small businesses or for for well, the not attending church didn't shouldn't have stopped contributions my, my point is is that the government like has like put the catholic church in yeah, a position know, of receiving those funds that were not meant for for them. i don't know if we're ready you know to, to share our, our don't know. thoughts and feelings on catholicism i'm not saying that we're going to share our thoughts and feelings on catholicism but it is a documented one of the most popular religions or religious groups in the world and of course if it's in the world it's probably also in the united states and so uh and they're getting political uh they're getting political funds kind of kind of given to them that weren't necessarily intended of them we will save the debate for that yeah yeah for yeah. a future episode i just wanted to drop that little nugget let you go look up that and, uh, and see well, how that manifests itself it was like six thousand in the first round of, of funding and three thousand in the second round of funding something like that we wouldn't be here like, i don't i don't want to debate it with you joe no no i, was just I don't want to debate thing. this with you i know right i'm now. gonna say one more thing to add for that future conversation oh i struggle with people's whole uh, the extreme they take the separation between church and state because here's the deal: we wouldn't have a state if it hadn't been for the for for church, right? Oppression of religion is really what spurned the founding of this country, and people fought to defend it and its independence so that they could live in a place where they could worship independently. That's fair from a rule of law. So. Now you're now you're getting controversial because people don't like to think that we're a Judeo-Christian you, nation, you even though quit, we are. Joe. You well, quit it. Quit you that controversy. Here's the deal: if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's chances are it's probably a duck. That's how I got diagnosed with Crohn's. That's exactly what the doctor told me. There you go. You know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Emily, we we thank you for joining us twice. Very much. Uh, we apologize for. Me not turning the volume up on the headphones so we could actually hear you because you clearly were talking in the first time where everybody could hear you. And uh, we do appreciate you jumping on. We do have two chairs, two mics, two cameras ready for you and your husband to join us anytime uh, that y'all have the space in your schedule. And uh, we're going to have to do that because he was peanut gallery. He was. Well, we saw you responding to that peanut gallery too. So, and that's okay. (laughs) That's all right. That happens. so well, thank you. Thank you again, Emily. We'll we'll uh, we'll jump on with you. We'll close up here, and then uh, we'll we'll get into communication with you about uh, about a future episode. You bet. Thanks, Emily. Thank you, man. Bye bye. 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 Um, and to all those that have watched tonight and uh, participated in messages, I know with some of the the in depth uh, conversation and some of the production quality, we haven't been able to get to all of the comments, but uh, we appreciate. Everything you guys have been doing, the conversation you've been having, we appreciate the uh, participation and the support as well, especially sticking around two and a half hours. Absolutely. This is uh, this is just a precursor, precursor to the 12-hour uh, extravaganza yeah. that, is, uh, that is news you need to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have to get a recliner or something for that. Or... We, we might be able to figure something out. Okay. We might be able to figure, like one of those... Uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, gri- zero gravity chairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we just bring that sucker in here, adjust the mics as necessary, cameras, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Just kick back and relax. Every time we play a video, we get up, take a break, go, relieve ourselves. However, we need to take yeah, yeah. care of business. Absolutely. 
Man, that could be fun. It could be fun. I'm just saying, Joe, that could be an entertaining venture. Would you be I, up for that? I think that if we pick the right time, uh-huh. uh, the right schedule, and uh, the right uh, pre-planning, I think they could be very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take some pre-planning. Oh, very much so. I mean, we're going to have to figure out we're going to have to figure out information we want to spread out there, how much how much time it's going to take and how much we need to fill. For it's going sure. to it's going it's yeah, going to take uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. So, this Saturday? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. The old, the old average Joe's uh Yeah, I need a I, we have to be strategic planning cuz the whole uh you know, uh Three to four hours of sleep in a twenty-hour period. You know those long, uh, yes. long runs. It usually uh, takes uh, takes a couple of days to recover from that, uh, man. You know, you just sound like you're making excuses right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is season four, episode thirteen. Hypocrisy. Is it hypocrisy? I think so. I think so. I think we're getting exposed to quite a bit of it. How about you, Joe? I gotta tell you, man. My best advice to everybody is just be mindful, be aware, be responsible. And above all, my friends, be a shepherd, not a sheep. Absolutely. Carry a big stick. That's, that's fair. This is the podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About. You can find us on all social media platforms, podcast platforms. We recommend iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and uh, more. Until next time, I am the Average Joe Boo. And I am the Average Joe. I'm telling you to keep it clean. One, two, three, and two to four. Average Joe and Joe Boo on your radio. Ready, make a podcast, so turn it up. Cause you know we about to mix it up. With music, sports, games, and more. On the podcast, things you think you don't care about. Ain't nothing but a Joe thing, baby. Two guys with mics getting crazy. We picking up material daily. So don't miss an episode.